All right. Welcome to the Wagner Wire on Texas Sports Unfiltered. I am not the fake wags on Twitter. You can find my co-host at the Smash Simmons on Twitter. But our real names in real life, or IRL, if you want to call it that, is Adam Wagner and Justin Simmons. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Texas Sports Unfiltered on this Sunday. It's week 18 in the NFL, and we got a lot of... We got some relevant games. We got some relevant games. Um, we got st- we still got people playing for um, championships, incentives, incentivized football today in Week 18. We'll be talking a little bit about that. Smash has some prop bets that he has to get out there. We might have some bets across the pond that we need to talk about. But anyways, we welcome you to this wonderful show on Texas Sports Unfiltered. Hopefully, everybody is having a great day on this January 7th. Man, it's supposed to get up to like 62 degrees today. Might be actually nice. Go out and get a. A decent wall. Hell, if you're listening to us right now on that uh on that coda on that coda text line, uh 512-222-9328, maybe you can take the dog on a walk or something and listen to us instead of watching our ugly faces or whatnot. Our faces that were made for radio, obviously. Anyway, Smash, what's going on, brother? How are you? Smash is a little bit today, that's for sure. I see like this ugly like cowlick <laughs> that I have in the middle. Can't get that down here on this Sunday. I, man, I I don't mean to call you out, but it seems a little underwhelming because I just think that, uh, you know, a lot of the Texas fans would prefer to be playing for the national title tomorrow. And uh, it's a little, it's like still, you mentioned, it, it still stings, man. I'm not going to yeah. lie. It's still, it it's still burning. I don't hear your take on that. I'd, I'd love to hear your take on that in a few minutes. Um, And then, then hell, we can give our predictions on the national championship if if anybody's even going to watch. I mean, sure, uh, we're going to watch the college football championship. Definitely have to watch, man. It looks like it's going to be a great game. We'll see. It could have been a lot better of a game if a burnt orange team was in there. But oh, of course, anyways, of course. It, well, I mean, shit. While we're talking about what hell, you know, go ahead and give me your thoughts. What, what, what did what did you think? Because I've beat it up to exhaustion. Oh, I mean, you and everyone else. And, and what's up, know, Mark? Guess, what's up, Mark? Okay? The best coverage, so understandably so. I mean, you guys were there, boots on the ground in New Orleans. So that was great. Yeah, to see. I know, man. And dude, so uh, one more time, um, I know that we've kind of you know missed the window uh, to thank our our travel partners or whatnot. But the Wagner Wire did not air throughout the week, so I did not get a chance to sit there and thank everybody that helped Texas Sports Unfiltered crew get out there to NOLA and be able to give you content, be able to give you pregame shows and postgame shows after the Sugar Bowl. So thank you guys so much for. Um, for supporting our, you know, our our sponsors, our our uh, our travels partners and travel sponsors, we really appreciate that, man. Keep it up, keep up the good work, and keep us rolling, man. On Texas Sports and Filtered, we appreciate that so much. But yes, yeah, Smash, so let's let's talk about it, bro. Uh, real quick, I'll give you five minutes because I don't want to. Oh, we don't need all five. Pulling, yeah, keep good. pulling my hair out about this, man. Yeah, so yeah, no, you no, tell no, me, man. What do you think? I'm not here to rip any band-aids off. I'm just prodding a little bit, but understandably so. Look, Penix, well, watch where you prod. Watch where you poke that thing, okay? <laughs> well, Michael Penix Jr. is the real deal. That guy was looking like Eli Manning against the New Orleans, the New England Patriots in the Super Bowl, where he just could not sack the guy. Prove me wrong. I mean, go back. You know, and look I mean, at the you're, uh, dude, you're right. It wasn't like, just his offensive line. That defensive line was getting some wins. But he was moving his feet so well in the pocket, and that arm is a rifle. He could put that ball wherever he needed to that night. He was playing pretty much the perfect game. And you already said it. You said it many times this season. And we've had guests that have alluded to it on this very show, in whatever form it was in, that the weakness of this Texas team, unfortunately and coincidentally for being DBU, 
happened to be the secondary, and, and that's where they got beat in the national championship game. Linebacking crew also a little underwhelming, especially for trying to get Penix down because I thought that they had enough pressure with the defensive line, but you have to give Washington credit. Their offensive line won the battles of attack right at the point when they needed the most, especially on third down in that game. But give tons of credit to Texas, though, because in years past, that's a team that folds when they get behind like that, and instead they're, what, one play away from – and you can argue that that play should have been made and all this – and the throw could have been better and all this other stuff. Or there was interference because there really was. Yeah, yeah. so they're one play away from putting that game into overtime or possibly coming away with the win. And that is a testament to what Sark has done throughout the culture change. Oh, easily. Okay. Easily. I mean, I'm not saying that the other guys weren't great head coaches because at the University of Texas, it's hard to be an average head coach and have success there because the expectations are so high. It's not like going to Texas A&M and getting away with a few 500 years just because it's like, yeah, they want national championships too, but they're, they know that they have to deal with some leeway. At the University of Texas, you get your prime candidate pretty much almost every time. So they just blow expectations. That's on them. And he's actually risen up. He's changed his culture. The co- you know, obviously going into the offseason for Texas, big questions at quarterback. Does he return? You know, everybody wants to make the story about Manning. Everybody says it's not true. I was one of those people that said early on it is a possibility. You know, after a year, after getting some playing time, getting a taste of what is possible, you know, maybe he really thinks he is the number one guy. And he's ready to go. My question I don't, is he's not leaving. All, he's not leaving. But my real question to, to all the Texas fans, and I, I've been waiting to get on this to ask, is Quinn Ewers NFL, like, is he an NFL quarterback? Because, I, I mean, that's I don't think he was this year. Point. Clearly he wasn't this year because he came, like, I, I think, and to jump ahead of your question, right, I, I think the initial plan was to have Ewers play lights out so damn well to where he his confidence was up to him being NFL ready. That's and then. You know, and you know he enters the NFL draft, and then Malik Murphy does not uh, enter the transfer portal because I, I I think this all really shifted and shaped up when Malik, or excuse me, I, I think there was rumors leaking about Quinn Ewers coming back in the in the the beginning of December or midst of November, right? And oh, then early on, yeah, right, a, a little bit earlier on because um, one he went down, he didn't have enough tape to show the NFL or show NFL scouts that he was ready for the NFL, right? Or at least that was just my opinion. So, you know, the injury knocks him back a little bit, and then he says, all right, well, I'm I'm probably going to come back now. Well, all right, well, Malik Murphy, you know, his chance to be number two maybe if if you really – if you want to be realistic about the situation, right? Because the whole hypothetical was, okay, Arch comes in, he red shirts, and we don't burn a year. Quinn Ewers plays out, you know, balls out. Then he's off to the NFL. Malik Murphy takes, you know, a a backseat to – to, to Arch, I'm not saying, I mean, maybe it would have worked out that Malik Murphy would have beat out Arch, but that's just the hypothetical that I pro- I'm probably thinking that Texas was rolling with when it's all first started going down, right? Malik takes the, you know, the, the second, uh, the second seat and then Arch is the number one. And then we go from there. Right. And then we continue to have the succession plan come in for the quarterback room. Right. Didn't work out like that. 
Quinn didn't have the season that he wanted to, so he's got to come back. Malik enters the transfer transfer portal. We know how it all shifted out, and Arch is still comfortably sitting as the backup, right? Nobody is rushing Arch. Hell, the Manning family is not rushing Arch Manning into the number one spot. There's no added pressure on Steve Sarkeesian from the Manning family to get Arch in there. I don't believe he will ever transfer. There's no rumors. Of course, he even addressed that. He said, sure, there's rumors out there, but I'm perfectly happy I'm staying here. Eli Manning sat two years, right? If like you want to see the pedigree to an NFL quarterback or for, for the Manning's perspective, right? Eli Manning did not start his first two years uh, at Ole Miss. Okay. Uh, I don't think Arch or excuse me. I don't think Arch Manning will probably start his first two years either. Right now he's going to come out there and be a sophomore quarterback. I believe after uh, he'll still come out and have his freshman year uh, this year um, or this next coming up year. Uh, but to that point, I think Arch is completely comfortable and the Manning family is completely comfortable and cool with Arch having a backseat. Hell, I'm sure they would be cool with Arch only playing one year of college football and then going into uh, the NFL, right? Just to preserve his body and to keep his body, you know, healthy and, and physically intact to get in there. We've seen, I haven't seen all the tape that I want to see from Arch, but in the short film that I've seen from Arch, he looks pretty damn impressive. I spoke about this on Chaos Theory this past week when he took his three-step dropbacks, his foot was planted, it was firm, and he was decisive with his decision-making. It looked like he went through his whole progressive tree and his in his uh in his drop back you know he, he surveyed you know from left to right and then also from right to left in terms of his in terms of where he needed to go with his progression tree uh from time to time throughout play to play and he looked fantastic when he needed to extend the uh, extend the play with his feet and make something happen you know he was able to get out there get a couple of yards and then run out run out of bounds he played smart heady football and he took care of the ball i've seen enough of quinn year or excuse me i've seen enough of arch manning let quinn years come back let let us have five Five, two five-star quarterbacks in that uh, in that room again, and we're going to be fine, baby. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, I think you would agree with James Payne Spotter that chimed in here on the on the chat line. Best time to play a freshman is when he's a junior. You know, quoting Don James. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And but but I think that's kind of fantasy thinking though, because again, these guys are supposed to be competitive athletes at the highest level. And you know, you're competitive, right? You don't right. like to lose. You don't like to wait if you don't have to. And we're not talking about playing big time college football. We're talking about going outside and shooting hoops. We're talking about trying to go for a walk and see who's going to finish faster. So you mean to tell me that this guy's going to be cool sitting on the bench after yeah. kind of getting a little bit of a taste this season of what it is like to be the number one guy? Because I understand his last name is Manny. He's going to get treated special anyways, just because of the lineage. But it's different when you're the man. Come on, man. We went and saw that movie. Even though that was an awful Ric Flair impression, the quote still rings true. To be the man, man. you got to be the man. No, Smash, I get it. But here's the the entire thing that's changed out of everything, right? Like, you and I, like, we like to think that we, we are... We are progressive in our mindset for the terms of the athlete, right? Like we are always all about the athlete. We will take the athlete over the owner anytime, okay? Or athlete over institution anytime. Um... The game has changed where we're thinking so much to the athlete needs to solidify himself and be the marquee highlight, right? To get his name out there, to get that money, right? Because that's the ultimate goal is to get the money. The money's already there. NIL has changed the game. Um, I love it. 100%. Arch Manning made more money this year than Brock Purdy. 
Okay, so I think Arch is completely satisfied with learning the quarterback position, not, you know, even fully to a pro level, right? And saving his body. This is just my take and saving his body, preserving his body to get out there and be in NFL form ready and then go out there. He, look, if he's one, if he's the Texas quarterback for one year and in that one year they win a national championship, I, I think he will be he's, completely satisfied, man. He's also a Manning, though. So he technically, probably, more than likely, doesn't even have to play another snap of college football and still make an NFL roster and still be drafted rather highly. Just I agree with you. I agree with you. So what do we have, we have we seen this happen with Matt Castle? That guy barely played behind Matt Lyon back in those USC days because that guy was a two, what, like almost won the Heisman Trophy twice, won it once, almost won it twice. That guy never played, but he still got drafted, and they ended up being an NFL player starter for like a season. Hell, he took so, he he got the Patriots eleven wins, was, or excuse I mean, me, ten wins because the first it's win a was different Patriots Tom Brady. in a different time. You know, we're talking like it was just yesterday. It's almost like twenty years ago at this point, right. which is crazy. I think that's why my hairline doesn't hold up as well as it used to. <laughs> no, you're you're good, man. Um, so, anyways, like what you know. Did you think that they played their best? Uh, clearly, the Longhorns played one of their worst games against Washington and still barely lost the, game, the damn game. Here's my take, right, for, for 2024, okay? Future's bright. We have to reload. We're going to lose – I mean, we're, we're losing studs to the NFL, clearly, man. That the, the defensive line is dismantled. Thankfully, look, Alfred Collins didn't do a lot on paper, but he is a huge body, right? We got news that he's coming back, so that beefs up the interior line just a little bit. It allows the linebackers to continue to scrape freely and make decent tackles. Uh, I don't know if we'll continue. Well, hell, we didn't even get really that many sacks from our interior line anyways, right? Most of our sacks came from the edge rushers, came from Sorrell and, and um, Burke. So I think we continue to have the mass up front to keep uh, the, the opposition off of our, our linebackers to allow us to make tackles and make, you know, uh, scrape freely, I think will be fantastic. I'd like to see a little bit more blitzes coming from the secondary a little bit. Here's the thing, though. When you blitz from, from a sub package, you have to be able to get to the quarterback. That's what killed us in the Sugar Bowl here. Uh, to your point, what you opened with, right, with Penix, you know, Penix being able to step out of a blitz and, you know, hit the hot receiver or hit the hot route. Dude, he hit that, He did that like two or three times, man. So P, if I'm PK and I see that, I'm just like, well, hell, I can't blitz this guy. He's just gonna, you know, he's gonna throw for 77. If if you don't, if you blitz like on that sub pat on the sub blitz that we ran there, we brought five. We didn't get to him, and he was able to hit Polk for 77. Like that's just, and, and whenever we brought pressure and we never got to him, dude, he was able to light it up for over. You know, it felt like a 40 yard gouge to us. So. Uh, he's we'll he's say, pretty good, good quarterback. So one more yeah. question to you before we get on to NFL play for today. Um, what are your NFL quarterback rankings right now? Do you still have Caleb Williams as number one? Oh, no. Or where the hell is Penix Jr. fitting in at your quarterback room? He's been my number one. It's just okay. my concern for Penix Jr. has just been the prior injuries that he's had to coming before coming to Washington because he's had like two season enders prior to this when he started out his career. So this is, it's kind of like Frank Gore. This is like the first time we've actually seen him healthy and you can see what he can do when he's healthy. The the big concern would be is if I have a bad NFL offensive line, that's not the guy I really want to stick back behind it. Yeah. He eluded Texas. That's one game. You don't want to have somebody like you see over in Carolina under duress 
every time to not even have a chance to really set their feet and make a throw because you can see this guy doesn't need a whole lot of space because his mechanics were on, at least in the net, in, in that semifinal. He looked like if I was coaching he a quarterback. Looked, he looked polished, man. He looked – Yeah, he looked this like is the video NFL I showed you. Dude. Yeah, he was amazing. He was dropping dimes. I mean, just putting it in tight windows. He was making great decisions. And uh, like what you're talking about with the defense – the, the defensive calls were correct. They were getting pressure. They, the the schemes that they were using worked to some extent. It's just that when it came to the execution, he was just a minute level better. He was a second ahead scored. of everybody else. He, yeah. was, he just was. He was a second ahead of everybody else. Or he made the Longhorns look uh, like they were half a second late. Yeah, it looked like that scene in Spider-Man where he, he was able to catch everything because everything slows down in Spider-Man time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Terrific. Bullet that, time or whatever they call that in, in video games land. Oh, yeah. Which, we'll, we'll, talk about, we'll talk about video games a little bit uh, today. People want to know what the hell this show is. This show is the Wagner Wire. Double D. Double D. This is the Wagner Wire. So this has been on the radio for about, a, what, seven years? Smash and I have been doing this for about six, seven years, man, on Sundays. Uh from 104.9 to 102.7. I mean, we've been around, and, uh, you know, BK gave us a spot. BK gave us a home, man. Um, it's a lot better, which to what a, this is kind of what I wanted to open up with today, man. I don't know how in the hell we woke up all those mornings going into the – I, I, I don't get it because we used to come in at 9. We Three hours show, bro. Three we, hours. So that means getting up at 8 on a Sunday – after Ugh. whatever you did on a on a Saturday night, and then we'd have to bring our asses into the studio and put, God, it must suck for the damn producer that we would make come in there every damn morning too, man. So or every damn them. Sunday morning too. So thankfully we didn't have to pay for that. But yeah, man. Um, thank you, uh, thank you, Double D. We appreciate that, man. And thank you everybody, you know, chiming in on the uh, Coda text line and that that youtube uh, chat channel as well man make sure you smash that subscribe button if you haven't done so already and tell your friends like our guy harge always tells us to and um hell man make sure you're hitting us up on our social media as well i'm usually not on social media that much that more or i'm usually not on social media that much anymore man um it's just toxic very toxic i talked a little bit about this this past week too i set most of my tweets up on tweet deck and you know these uh social media platforms that help you be productive during your day. So you're not sitting there well, you you know, surfing, scrolling social media, you know, half the damn day, man. But yeah, you schedule your tweets out there. And then when the live game happens or whatnot, then you tweet, you know, you do RI or what is it? IRL in real life tweeting or whatever the hell the, the term is. But you're, yeah, I just, on, the, on the forums and stuff, man, I thought you had all the short key stuff. Remember back in the day when it was like uh, instant messenger and it was like ASL age sex location, you know, <laughs> Dude, I ain't heard a. I have not heard ASL in probably twenty five years, man. Now that's how I know that I'm old. Uh, Michael on the line, hey Smash, do you go to Austin FC games? Ah, I've been to a few. Let's just say that I've been to. A few. He call he 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 calls. He's the well, PA announcer at um well, Austin FC, man. I mean, that's what I was doing last season. You never know, so. I think, well, this, we're also, you're talking to the voice of St. Edwards here. He calls most of the Hilltopper, whatever Hilltopper sports events out there, yeah. usually it smashes the, is the voice that you're hearing out there uh, calling their broadcast. Yeah, uh, but that'd be great if, if Smash gets the, the full-time gig at, at Austin FC. We're definitely rooting for him, man. Um, speaking of which, you want to talk a little bit about the boys across the pond? 
Ah, well, I mean, it's tough because it's like FA Cups time right now. I mean, my guys are doing okay. We just How give a I- just give a little just give a little rundown, a little synopsis of where we're at so far throughout the year um, in terms of. The Premier League is what we're referring to when we talk about our brethren across the pond. Oh, man. Uh, you guys know me, man. I'm a just a Chelsea house. I'm a Chelsea supporter, and it has just been mediocre uh, yeah, pedestrian, pedestrian times. Pedestrian times for um for CFC. So uh, hopefully is- the future's bright because we do have some young studs. But again, when when Sterling's supposed to be your guy. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, man. I could have told you that's how it was going to be. I mean, he yeah, missed, dude, anybody that's watched the Prem for five years, the last five years, knows that Sterling's not going to be the guy, man. Yeah. Remember, this is a club, too, that had Salah. All right. We had Mo Salah at one we time. Had yeah, we had yeah, De Bruyne. We had Salah. Yeah. We had them all, man. Yeah. Uh, you gave them away. You gave them away. Well, I mean, don't worry. I mean, it's not like City City in front either. They've dropped games that they should have won this season, but Holland's been hurt. That was the concern coming from Dortmund because he was hurt a lot of the time over there in his young portion of the career because he's still young. But this is the first time we're seeing the injury bug actually bite Man City because De Bruyne's been out the entire time. So now we know how valuable he is. Uh, Gunigan gone over in Barca. So it's <clears throat> he was a, a key player. Rotary's been hurt. They lost. You all sick today? No, it's like it's no. the – it's like the pollen or whatever. It's just like it's in the back of the throat. It's like the yeah. resin in the back of your throat, man. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. All right. Not at that post-grip nasal action. You know, it's just like right here. Because I was like, man, I feel fine. I was like. Is that post-grip? It's that good stuff, baby. It's that yeah, good man, stuff. Yeah, I think it's because of <laughs> Hey, you can buy them in Texas, right? Uh, I think Maybe. it's because. Yeah, I mean, it's um, the THCA. Oh, I got you. Sorry, I threw I, I threw you off. I threw you off. I'll track, call it right. I'll call it diet weed, if you will. We'll refer to it as that. I think that's what you can call. It. But hey, it is what it is, right? And that's like that's like the the Texas loophole. There's always a loophole to something, right? Um, what were you talking about again? Now that, <laughs> that I got completely off tangent. Uh, we were talking. Oh, about the print. Hey, we were just we were yeah. finishing up a little bit of a breakdown on the print. Yeah, I'll finish it up real quick. So Arsenal, obviously, making moves. They think this is going to be the year. They still have it, but they haven't really been able to kind of clinch it. They had their opportunity, but they drew in their last Prem match before we took this international FA Cup break because the African Cup of Nations is going to start. So Liverpool is going to be missing Mo Salah for uh, quite a... Like and Liverpool's starting together. to turn it on, too. They're starting to find yeah. it. Yeah, exactly. So it looks like it's going to be a really fun finish to see who actually raises the cup at the end of the season because Tottenham, I don't know if this move is going to work, but did you see that they're bringing in Timo Werner? Yeah, what happened? Yeah, like everybody's like, you know me, oh, I'm, I'm sour on Timo for, from how he did with the Blues. So we'll see how he works with the Spurs there. I mean, Spurs need a lot of help. Maybe he'll be able, be very beneficial and you know but, an attribute. You know, to, you, know to you got Oscar, teams but. like Ashton Villa and West Ham who have done surprisingly well this year. And I think it'll be interesting to see the the chase for the bottom because Everton, you know, they lost 10 points this season. How unfair it is for them that it kind of, it's kind of like it rains, it pours. Like they're just trying to stay right. in, but they right. get that financial fair play ding. And it hasn't hit, I hate to say it, teams like Man City or Newcastle United who have all this money that have been bringing in all these players. Like it's just, it kind of feels like real life sometimes. It's like, oh, the rich get richer, but the poor get poorer. And, that's how uh, it is in the league, too, man. That's how it is in the Prem. 
It is. Yes. It, it really is like that. Uh, some. I mean, even when you see the clubs that that make it up, right? Usually they're going back down within yeah. the first or second year. They're getting relegated again. So, so um, what, what, dude, I'm. That's the one thing about this. Are you seeing who's down in the bottom three right now? No, I haven't looked at the table today. Uh, but, but I know. But I know it's Everton's one of those teams. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Everton. <laughs> Unreal. Unreal, man. So that's that's the one thing about it. Like, and of course, this landscape will shift. That's that's the one thing. But yeah, again, I, when I was watching on Boxers Day, I was just like, oh, all right. Well, hell, we hadn't talked about the Prem the entire year, man. We got to give them a little bit of a midseason update. I mean, we're halfway through, you know, the damn league. We haven't talked about it once, so I'd like to get a little bit a little bit out of it. And of course, with NFL dying down, well, we'll have the playoffs coming up. But with college football dying down, you know, there'll be more time to get more. You know, I, I would say. Prem League talk if people would kind of grow a little bit. I'm trying to grow the sport a little bit more on this channel here. We don't have much of a soccer con you know contribution or soccer content here on Texas Sports Unfiltered. So whenever we can sneak it in a little bit. Hey, I'd love to bring you I'd Smash, I'd love to bring you in for you know for the soccer content too. So oh anytime, man. I kind of always feel like soccer fans are like pro wrestling fans. Like oh, yeah. they're among us. They just you just don't know it unless you run in the same circles. But yeah, I mean Preb's looking good. I definitely will probably start placing my parlays on that just because you know it's it's on a weekend. Or maybe you get that random game during the week. It's easier to keep up with. Uh, I mean, I've been you watching. Would, I don't know how you and I do it. I don't I can't bet on soccer. It's hard. You really have to take into account like the draw and don't get me wrong. There've been parlays where I've actually hit the draw just because that's the, I, I don't like, think it's so much. Soccer's, soccer's harder than hockey. I feel like. Oh yeah. I feel like it is because it's just like anything, the weather, little injuries that get picked up during the game and then they're subbed down and then they're not available anymore. Like I've already going through like some of the flashbacks in my head as soon as you said that. Yeah. Um, but that that's, that's what makes it so difficult. But man, when you win, just because the odds are so hard, you win big. So like a small, you know, a small lay down is a big return. So that's what I really enjoy about, you know, placing wagers on soccer. And I haven't done that like an MLS. I figure that would be difficult just because that league is even harder to predict than the Prem. I'm trying to find that link I sent you last night with the lady that got oh. or got arrested. What, what was that on Twitter that I sent you? So, anyways, guys, if if you're if we can, hopefully we can find this link. But there was a woman in, I want to say it was Florida because I saw some Georgia. No, it was um, it was Atlanta, or no, no, not Atlanta, but it was Georgia. It was it was Georgia. Yeah, because where the hell is there a beach out on Georgia? I don't know, man. I've never actually been to Georgia. I've been to the airport in Atlanta, but that's about it. I assumed it was Florida. I didn't read the entire headlines. I couldn't get past the headline of lady arrested for non-straight YouTube link. Master masturbation. So. Yeah, like I, I mean, obviously I'm trying to show you that part, right? Dude, but, I will um, I will pull this up, but um my god just it up again. It, it's just kind of like man i was all like one i guess send it to me it. send it to me um in my email so i can pull it up and put it on here so i can pull oh, this story up okay. but anyways this late apparently this lady was very stressed out so she walked down to the water to the shoreline and she from my description she wasn't that bad looking of a 
of a girl, man. Um, she was in her mid thirties, maybe I would, I'd say. Um, anyways, just sitting down there, you know, trying to catch a fresh breeze, maybe a little bit more <laughs> than just a fresh breeze, but she had her leg open a little bit and apparently they, uh, they saw uh, another family saw this lady with a vibrator with the lady having a vibrator. And she was just sitting there having a, oh, did they say that? having an orgasm. They did. That's what the cops, said. I don't know if you watched the full video, but that's the cops said, yeah. Um, you know, they gave the description. And then of course the suspect, if you can call her that, um, <laughs> right. Uh, she confessed and she said, yeah, so I was having a bad day. So I went down and sat on the beach, you know, by the water and just wanted to relax a little bit and uh just had an orgasm she so she admitted to having the orgasm she just did it in a place where uh one you can't be doing that stuff in public you can't be doing indecent exposure in, in public right and then one a family well, you know little kids saw that happen so they called the cops and the cops came and responded to the scene and responded you to the about, you think about like Wee herman back in the day yeah, dude, know, back he, in the day where he was because of that well, uh, was that a no, was that a career, essentially was that no, a, this was, was that a this smut a, theater though? Yeah. Did he do that in a smut theater? Yeah, like at a smut theater where, yeah, <laughs> where it's where it's allowed, right, or whatnot? No, it's not allowed, but you know people do it. Oh, it's just like one of those things. Like oh, I thought, that, I thought it was like I thought there was public. like I've never been to one, so I thought there was like designated areas. Oh, for people, I mean, I'm assuming you I'm can't assuming imagine what's up in this head of mine, man. I'm assuming no, man. I'm assuming that Amsterdam rules apply. So yeah, like what are Amsterdam rules? Like Amsterdam. Have you been to Amsterdam? Yeah, yeah. What? Yeah. So yeah, I've been. No, I'm not like a world world traveler or anything like that, but I've seen a few. How many, have you just been to Amsterdam the once? Yeah, I've been to Amsterdam like once, like in 2007 when I was a, a young. Young man. Oh, but, I got you. But like, oh no, I didn't pay well, for that. But I did. But I did take the stroll down 20s, the red light right? district, right? Excuse you were not in your twenties. Were you not oh, in your twenties? No, I, I was already over twenty-one by that point. Okay. <laughs> yeah, well beyond twenty-one at that point. But I was still in my twenties. But yeah, man, like red light district rules apply. I assume so. Like, what what it is that? Okay, so like. <laughs> Am I supposed to discuss this on a Sunday morning? But yeah, okay, so let's dude, it's unfiltered. In. It's unfiltered. All right. So what happens is that you, for all you goody two shoes out there, you walk into like, in this case in Amsterdam, this was a live sex show, right? So there's an actual couple like oh. doing it on a bed oh. in front of you, like in the LL Cool J video, doing it. Remember how he walks into that booth and he has yeah. like, and the thing goes up. Okay, yeah. so it's exactly like that. Now, the thing is, though, they have these signs plastered all over the place where it says, and, and nobody can confirm this because nobody wants to admit to this, right? But, right, uh, <laughs> that's, that's, that's what's going to happen here. But they have these signs that say, you know, no public, you know, type deal, right? So you go in knowing this, but at the same token, there's like, in the LL Cool J video, once again, there's like this box full of like paper towels right next to you in this little room and a chair. So, and another wastebasket. So they know what's going on for most of the people that are paying to go do that. Now in the Pee Wee Herman issue, yeah, he went to a smut theater, which is just like a regular movie theater. That's like, like how we went to go see Iron Claw, same exact style theater, not as nice, obviously I would assume because <laughs> it's a smut theater. 
but he was just like probably in the back row just going at it and that was but but everybody else was probably doing the same thing in that theater so that's what made it messed up is the fact that he was fine for that indecent exposure oh and for the oh oh he hit it on the guy's suit okay i see i was really young when that happened thank you michael for 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 staying with us on the conversation and and uh filling me in on the the details here (laughs) but yeah man so that's how he lost his i I sent you the link but yeah for that lady though i was just kind of like if you're a lawyer right you just don't say nothing peewee got peewee got his his shit on somebody else i i'm assuming so i i guess he pulled the bill clinton you know it's like that you're staying on that dress That's so gross, dude. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. You gotta, yeah, expect, you gotta expect that, right? If you you gotta expect getting in the line of fire if you're going well, to something like that. Or, or why, dude, why are you why are you sitting next to somebody? Was it, was it like like I don't know, man? Like is it was it like a such a were they showing like you know uh oh. playing Debbie does yeah, Dallas? You see and, like, I bet she's she's great in this one too, man. What are you having a conversation <laughs> about your favorite star? Like, like, I'm sure there was tons of space in that theater. It's like, it's kind of like when you're taking a piss at the urinal. <laughs> you know, when like you're trying to take a piss at the stand-up urinal, and there's only like three of them, and then instead of using the one in the middle as a buffer, somebody just walks right next to you, and you're just kind of like, yo, you're gross. No, that's so gross. gross. No, there's like, some space. Like, I wouldn't even be, I would not even, one, I, I, I don't even know how I'm having a hypothetical about this. If I no way, there. DJ. Did he really look what this guy said? He said he had a hole in the bottom of the popcorn bucket. You, you think like for real, or are you just like you know? You, are you? Are you? Is, this is not confirmed, DJ. This is not confirmed. Yeah, rest in peace, Paul Newman's What? Yeah, because a double D chimed in with rest in peace. I'm like, yes. Oh yeah. Oh for sure. Oh. Yeah. I mean, that is not that is not confirmed. He no way he had. What he was putting the sweet and he was putting the sweet and salty. He was giving the sweet and salty popcorn <laughs> bucket. <laughs> that's disgusting. I don't know if you guys have ever tried to to do that either. No, don't no, don't. That's no, on that's on no. the no fly zone. By the way, that's on the no yeah, fly zone. Hey, you want to talk a little NFL football before we do yeah. anything? Let me talk to you. Let me tell you about Tom McKay and Audiovisual Consultations. All right, <laughs> AV Consultations since 1988 has been setting the standard in audiovisual automation providing you the greatest experience in terms of watching sports or in terms of watching TV or listening to sound, anything in the Texas Austin area, right? For the past 35 years, since 1988, look at the the two televisions behind my, uh, behind me, look at the, you know, look at the arcade units behind me. You could come to my house and then go to my dream theater system downstairs and watch whatever you want to watch. Maybe watch a little bit of smut yourself. I don't know. Uh, nah, with Pee Wee Herman. Nah, don't do that because we don't want that here in this house. We just like sports and the rest of the smut that I call, uh, you know, Texas wise or not Texas wise, but, um, you know, real wives of any house world or, you know, any city of, of America or any city in the world or whatnot, whatever the show that my wife watches or whatnot, we all do it with audiovisual consultations, 512-255-8678. Or you could go to their website at avconsultations.com and look at the gallery of projects that they've done over the past 35 years. Instead of, you know, maybe getting what I have behind me or whatnot, you could get an idea of what you have from that gallery of projects. But anyways, 512-255-8678. That's avconsultations.com. 
All right, Smash. Wait, wait, we can't just move off from that, man. Wait, so you you sit down and you watch the Real Housewives of like Beverly Hills? Or I gotta pay my I gotta pay my dues. I gotta pay my nice. dues. Okay, okay. There's nothing wrong with a little smut TV every now and then. That's what relationships are about: watching stuff that you would never I watch and trying to find an appreciation for it. <laughs> below Deck is the one that got like I can't get off of Below Deck, and of course, um, the one that really tied me last like tied me to the to the show last year was uh vander i don't know if you watch vanderpump rules i have a he, funny story about that bro okay. like one of the guys that i used to work with back in the abercrombie and fitch days was like works for her and been on the show many times so sometimes oh. watch every now and then oh all right well my wife would love to talk to you about that because that's her favorite <laughs> show but anyways i can't this tom dude i don't even know the the guys i can't remember the guy's last name San, sandoval tom he is a major like the only reason i watch the guys because or watch the show is because of how big of a douche that this dude is like well, yeah. love him or hate him man you tune in that's the one thing about that's it like you, you watch the show because of how awful this guy is man and one they're just awful people i never thought that i could be i never thought that i could see people that are around in the fabric of or making the fabric of our society actual happen and fold the fabric of our society with these awful people and it just goes to show you how terrible this country actually is now of course i'm being a you know a little bit sinister here and i don't like people you guys know that i just like the people that are watching this show pretty much that's all that's yeah, all there it's, is it's a small circle but hey yeah, you know, but I, this I know you were watching man he's 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 awful he's great trash to watch smash fantastic exactly. trash to watch. like you remember the days when we were watching jersey shore you never watched jersey shore i watched jersey shore for a season maybe and then it got I mean, real there's like you know you're at least into it for like at least a season it's just like yeah you know it was just the fabric of the time i mean we've all saw jerry springer Rory, you know a little trash and they still have that little trash you know afternoon tv just to kind of get you ready for the game shows afterwards you know wait hold on i'm catching i'm sorry smash i'm catching up on i know you're catching up on the thing i know where you get into the part where he's about the raisin nuts and the gumdrops or about what like is he who played at bucky's backyard yuda recently who played at bucky's backyard double d yeah salt lake is ridiculous peewee um who played at bucky's backyard i don't know did we talk about some musicians? I completely here? missed that. I completely missed that. All right, uh, DJ, if you oh Sandoval and his band, no way. Oh, okay. Oh, no, what what is Buck doing? Oh, I'm sure. Did she throw shit at him? God, I hope she threw shit at him. Uh, <laughs> from Grant Miller, hey Wags, can you touch on if there's going to be a new NCAA college football game uh, preview Monday night? Is there? I'm not sure, man, but there's a lot of talk out on the social interwebs about Is possibility of a little game coming back that a lot of people have been looking forward to. I don't even know that there is a college football game coming out. I'm just telling you what I've seen on, like, Kotaku or something like that. But Or on X. That's what they've been saying here in the last couple of weeks. I cannot confirm nor deny yeah so, understandable you know um all I, you guys know I, I i signed an nda so i can't really yeah. talk about that stuff <laughs> i know um, how that feels man the one yeah dude it, it's like i would love when it when stuff happens i will talk about it right but um the one thing about the video game industry is that we really we really keep secrets 
you know what I mean? Like we really like to keep our, our, our secrets in house. Um, and no spoilers, you know what I mean? Like people get pissed off, uh, with spoilers just in movies, right? Well, imagine, imagine a video game, imagine a developer taking 10 years, you know, almost a decade to create, you know, he or she's dream Grand Theft Auto right? and, and, and put it in and put it and digitize it for people. Right. And then someone in the studio has a friend that is just so eager to know what the hell's going down. And that friend gets a little bit of information. And then that friend just can't keep their mouth shut about it. And then that leaks to one person and that leaks to another person. And then the source just becomes so big that you have to kind of get ahead of it and play a preview before you want to play a preview of it. And that really, really sucks for the developer. So that's why we always in this industry, we always like to keep our secrets secret and our secrets safe, man. So, um, no, I, even if I, even if I could talk about a grant, I wouldn't, um, because I, I, don't, want to, I don't want to do that to the developers that have well, at, at, their best at their you know trying to make perfection for us because they want to give us a product that we've all been dying to see which is college football and i i don't know i honestly don't know if um if there's going to be a preview on monday night football or not this is the first i've actually heard of it but i mean so, you will i'm i'm, I'm, I'm lying. i like a, a, it's not the first i've heard about it. of course there's a huge rumor about it but no i cannot i cannot confirm that anything but I, I was going to say going back to what you're saying there real quick uh about how seriously it's taken we saw what happened to that guy that leaked like some gta 6 footage already yeah. he was like yeah it's like total imprisonment but the fact that that guy could do that off of his what was it did you see that they had him moved into like a hotel and they took everything away from him but he was able to hack it on a fire stick it's there's some poor people out there man there's dude some- i'm just like man that guy's gotta be working for us at some point yeah, very intel- very intelligent people out there. So, some scary, some scary thoughts of what people can do with your information. On a so fire stick sure in a hotel room, bro. Come on, that was crazy that he has that capability. Very little, uh, very little resources, and still able to to be able to access all types. It's of like things. if that happened in a Hollywood movie, you would be like, "Nah, that ain't real. There's no way." Well, now it is, man. Now it is real. Hey, let's talk about uh, a little bit of football that we saw last night, man. Did you watch any of it, or did you watch? Oh any yeah, of the, man. Did you watch any of the Texas Tech and um, Texas? God, is that? Look at that thing on my neck. I got a nice little ingrown hair. Then I thought I would be able to hide that here. That's why I wore this hoodie to hit that, but I just popped that up. I'm sorry, guys. Sorry, nah, I had to show man. you. Bro, character right there. All right, let's talk a little know. bit about the games last night. We had NFL on. We also had some college football. Did you watch any of the Longhorns and Texas Tech? Oh, night. college basketball. I mean, yeah, what did I say? College football? Sorry. Yeah, I mean, your mind's still there. I mean, college football's tomorrow. Uh, college basketball wise, let's see. I didn't tune into that game until about a quarter of the way through the second half because you texted and you're like, Are you watching uh, college basketball or Texas basketball? And I was like, One, I forgot that they were on. Two, I was like, But you're probably going to talk about it. So let me just tune in. And Three, I kind of wish I didn't because I feel like I was the jinx. They were already behind by that point, but it's they just basically played worse. You're not the jinx. I swear to God, you're not the jinx. It's me because when I tune into them, they they lose too. So, but I had already been been watching them. So maybe last night it was you. I don't know. They, I felt like it, man. Like I really just tried not to turn it off because I was like, well, maybe they'll get a comeback. But I mean, considering what Pop Isaac did. In the, 
Caribbean and play through that because I'm sure like, you know, that, that assault on a minor uh, was one of those things that was going on, but they allowed him to play and granted, you know, I guess innocent until proven guilty, whatever. But one of those senses where it's like, hey, that's like professional skill to be able to play through that and have the type of game that he had, you know, notwithstanding however those charges uh, become. But at the same when they needed to. And there was only like two guys that were creating oh, shots down low. I think you froze. So that was kind of one of my concerns. Uh, maybe it was just an off game for them last night, but the fact that, you know, Desu, you know, came and made some presence known. Uh, Amos, he, he played pretty big. He was hitting some shots, but I really felt that was it. And besides that, there wasn't really much else to talk about for Texas. I'm not sure if that well, was I mean, just an I'm off game. Yeah, it was all game. Like Hunter, I thought Hunter looked pretty damn good last night too. It started seeing him, you know, slashing a little bit more to the basket. But again, man, defense just really porous down the stretch there. And you got to be able to put points up in the like when you're getting beaten the second half, smash. That's just not good, man. And not getting good looks, you know, running, running the play down until what, you know, ten seconds. The same shit that we've we've been seeing you know the past couple uh you know the past couple of years unfortunately or fortunately for the longhorns it hadn't been happening you know that much and you know they only take or that much this season and they you know only take their their third loss of the year but unfortunately it's in the conference and it is to the sizzling uh Reckham crew there from texas tech man they, they continue to to play pretty decent isaac's look you know, tremendous last night or looked pretty damn good last night. So um, it's going to be tough. going to be tough going down in this, uh, this big 12, which we knew we knew it'd be, um, it'd be a, uh, a significant bout, so to speak, to kind of get back up to the top of this big 12, but uh, especially, you know, say... especially with Kansas being one of the best teams in the nation too, but hell now with Texas tech, we knew that they'd be a formidable opponent, but they proved to be it very much. So last night, especially at home, man. Um, so We'll have to try and get them back when we go up there. But uh, you think you think it was a tough matchup here in, in Austin? It's going to be a worse matchup in Lubbock, let me tell you that. That's definitely for sure. And that's the thing. I think it's more difficult this year for Texas just because the expectations were way higher going into the yeah, we, we, uh, dude, we lost season. a lot of people too, man. There were so many people that we lost from last year. Yeah, but those expectations were just raised because of how last season went. And, you know, that, that last game could have gone – Either way, really. So it could have gone even further. So, you know, when you have that, the way the season ended with plus the expectations going in, having losses like this really sting, probably more so than they normally would have. And that's just the thing. And you hope that the rest of the team can kind of pick up the slack just because it really felt like it just came down to those defensive rotations, kind of like what you touched on. They were just half a second too late when it came to closing out. And those shots just happened to fall for Texas Tech last night. Yeah, man. So Longhorns fall 78 to 67 last night. Um, that's pretty much all I want to talk. I mean, I, I watched Kentucky last night too. I watched, I watched a lot of good uh, conference, uh, conference hoops, college hoops last night, or excuse me, yesterday rather. But, uh, I guess the main headline was the NFL. Um, they, I, you can call week 18 pretty much the, the setup or the play-in pretty much for your your playoffs here because or at least this year because we actually had relevancy right we actually have people or we have a few teams it seems like the south and the north are playing for you know their positions to still get into that sixth spot there for the afc so i don't know pittsburgh tried to make it a little bit a little bit entertaining uh beating the ravens there 
I thought the Ravens were actually, despite resting pretty much their entire offense, I thought they were going to be able to come out and actually beat the Steelers. Or that's what it looked like there in the you know the first three quarters, and then all of a sudden, you know, the fourth quarter happened and Steelers just came alive, and then Baltimore started fumbling the ball. So, um, yeah, I well, mean, who would have thought that Mason Rudolph had that cannon of an arm to hit it right on stride? It was a double arm. Double R, all right? My, my co-host on Chaos Theory has said from almost week four that Mason Rudolph should have been the starter the entire time um, over Kenny Pickett and over Trubisky. So um, credit to Double R there for for knowing that, that Mason Rudolph was the guy. Now, I don't know if it's because he's seen, you know, so much of Mason Rudolph as a cowpoke or whatnot, but, I mean, hell, uh, the, you know, the last I saw Mason Rudolph, he was getting his head busted in by uh, Miles Garrett. Or almost, you know, one of those guys. Tar- right? He was charging Miles Garrett. And Miles Garrett was using a, a helmet to defend himself or whatnot. But just, just a boneheaded move to charge Miles Garrett without a brain bucket. So, anyway, I agree with DJ though here on the line on the comments section. It was like that was the shittiest weather game possible though. That really kept it, you know, low scoring. That's uh, I guess East Coast football, right? Yeah. That's how it is during yeah. the winter time up there. That is, dude, it's especially in the swamplands too, right? So Baltimore and Washington are very, they're within, what, spitting distance of one of them. Not that close, but I mean, hell, they're within 30 minutes. I mean, it's close for Texas. So, yeah, I mean, spitting that, it's in in terms of Texas distance, it's spitting distance, right? Um, But anyways, it's still, it's the same area. It's the same type of climate. um, And it's a swampland, so to speak. Uh Washington's a little bit more on the water than Baltimore is, but Baltimore still has the harbor, right? Um, but yeah, it's still it's swampy, it's marshy, it's mucky, and in the wintertime, in the summertime, it gets cold. And instead of the the snow that you usually see from like the lake effect of like Cleveland or whatnot, you see the the bitter icy rain where it's not it's not cold enough to actually stick on the ground or make like flakes or whatnot, but it just gives you that mix, that nasty mix. And that's what you get up in the Northeast, man. When you're talking about Northeast football back in, or, you know, playoff football, you need to have hard runners and tough runners because you're going to be in that mixed weather, unless you're playing indoors, right? Which some of these, most of these venues, matter of fact, I got to go, I'd like to go through the teams here after the show and actually see, which teams in the playoffs will be playing in indoor venues? I should have already been doing this, but still, man, that's why I, that's why I'm, I'm so big on the ground and pound game, right? Because you need that so much in the playoffs, man. You can't be relying on you know the quarterback friendly league of where we're going to be throwing for 400 yards of games in the playoffs. You just you just can't because the weather turns and the field is just more mucky and it's just it's worse conditions. So um, well, you're gonna have to tell that also. Which, which obviously, but honestly, games. though, in in terms of of weather. Wind, when you want to throw the ball, wind is the biggest factor. It's not so much really, um, you know, the wet conditions or whatnot like that. It's it's really the wind conditions instead of the wet conditions. Oh, that's why it was always such a big deal. It was like, oh, Jim Kelly plays for the Buffalo Bills because he's one of those quarterbacks that has one of those arms that can cut through that, you know. Dude was a linebacker too, Smash. Yeah, yeah. He played like played, both sides played of the middle ball linebacker in high, in high school. Yeah. So the guy was like just tough as it was, big dude already. But the fact that he had the arm strength to cut through that uh, north, was it? Yeah, north New York northeast. wind, northeast, right? It's just like that was the big selling point. Like that's why, you know, Josh Allen has success up there. He has that arm strength to do so. That's what always made it impressive that Chad Pennington could actually ball out with the Jets back in the. Pennington's got an arm too, though, right? I always thought uh, Pennington. He had, he had a weak arm in comparison to most NFL quarterbacks. That was always his drawback. But, you know, he obviously could compete 
could complete the small underneath routes with great accuracy. It was just long. See, I thought he, he could deliver the deep ball, but his release uh, was just very slow or uh, very, uh, you know, very slow release. Uh, but yeah, Steelers, Steelers successful over the Ravens last night, 17 to 10. Um, even with the Ravens playing or twos, I still thought they looked pretty damn good. Uh, the Steelers need a lot of help. Um, Steelers need Jacksonville to lose today in order to get in, or a Bills loss, I believe. And somebody can tie. I forget who that. And that's oh yeah, Jackson, the Jacksonville can tie. Jack. Yeah. Jacksonville can tie as well. There's a loss. And also, I need to walk something back. I misspoke about the Texans on chaos theory too. I thought the Texans needed a win and help from Tennessee to get in, but clearly uh, that was not it. Clearly the Texans just needed a win last night to clinch. That, and by the yeah. way, they did that man victorious. And that's, what made, Brown, dude. and that's what made week 18 this year. So much fun. It was just that we got a playoff game right. <laughs> essentially in week 18. It was win or go home for Indy, man. How heartbreaking was that to lose it on fourth and one, I mean, it hit him right that, in the hands. Was that on I, Minshew? I mean, huh? Was that on Minshew or is that on Goodwin? I think it's on Goodwin. Minshew put it a little bit behind it. Granted. Granted. But you, and but he could have took something still, off of it because he, he darted it. He didn't have to dart it. He could have exactly. took it. Exactly. He still had enough to kind of catch it and then turn around and spin to get the damn first down. But it literally looked like necessary roughness with the with the wide receiver Featherstones. Like, it, oh, it, it literally hit him God. in the hand, right? And he kind of went like, Ugh! Like, it literally was just like, Ugh! I'm like, dude, you're a pro athlete. How could you not hang on to that? Like, it hits you right in the hands. Just secure the rock and turn around and fall forward, and you get the yard that your team needs to continue the drive and possibly get to the playoffs. And granted, he came out and said it doesn't define him. That's a type of you know, mindset you have to have. And obviously as a Dallas Cowboy fan who didn't live through, you know, Jackie's fumble in the Super Bowl, but knows about the history and how he has to be the sickest man on earth, you know, like Burton Lundquist said during his famous call, I get it. I'm surprised that he's able to move past it so fast. That's what you're supposed to do. But right. my, my God, dude, you're, like, how do you not catch that? That's How do you game. not catch that? That's, that's tough. Well, and, and then also, I don't know if you heard what Joe Buck and Troy Aikman said, right? The statistician chimed in, or, or I guess passed him something, and then they read the note out to where that was only his sixth target or sixth – would have been his sixth target or seventh target all year long. He so. hadn't had a touch that entire game. I mean, that's the big question. I mean, you can make – you can it, say it, that honestly, was the wrong it's, call. Honestly, it's, it's, a bad co- it's a bad coaching call, is it not? I, or personnel I call. Like, why the hell is Jonathan Taylor not on the field? I want to say or Zach, or Zach Moss. I know, and and I want to say that's why I don't feel like it was a horrible coaching call. It obviously would have worked had it been executed properly because nobody was expecting the ball to go to him. Right. So in that no, case, true, good coaching true. call, but the execution was just really poor, and half of it was on the quarterback because of where the ball placement is. Half of it's on the running back because you know. He just doesn't make the catch. But in, in all honesty, if anybody's looking at this and your life depends on this guy making the catch because you're a head coach in the NFL or something, that's on the running back. It doesn't matter that it was a little low or a little outside or it might have been you, a little hard. I, I understand Jonathan Taylor might have been gassed there, but how do you not have at least one of your best two backs not in that backfield? Like how's Zach, Zach Moss not in that backfield for that? It's fourth in game. It's fourth in game. 
and you don't have your your two best backs in the backfield, you're you're going to go with a guy that's that's been in that position six times, or sorry, been in that scenario six times. Not even that scenario. Been in been in a chance to to have a a a, a pass catch out of the backfield six times this year. No 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 targets or touches all game yeah. long. That's what okay. you go with. I mean, that's, I, that's not that might not be on the head coach, but that's on the running back coach. Smash. I mean, it's on somebody who made that call. I obviously like the call just because it's like it really is such a surprise. Nobody was expecting it. It just wasn't executed right. Uh, DJ here on the comments saying it felt like they should have done a little more passing in that last drive. I want to disagree. I think they should have continued running the ball, especially on that fourth and one call, because they had success running the ball. And I know time was a factor, but obviously they had more than enough time to get another couple of plays in and take a couple of shots. I don't think they would allow DJ Stroud to have any more any time at all. I think they exactly. wanted to, to take as much time off the clock and not give anything to CJ Stroud and, and Nico Collins. Oh, by the way, oh man, Collins first, first, first play of the damn game, Texans explode with Nico Collins. No Tank Dell, no problem. My God, no Brown, no problem. Nico, Nico Collins. If he is not in your, if he, if you're not targeting Nico Collins in fantasy, you're wrong. You're at, you're, you're had, one. You're stupid. He had 33 and a half points last night in my fantasy league because I had to play against him, you know, here in the last week. But yeah, I I was just like, dang, what a great game. I mean, Stroud's the real deal. I mean, he just seems so poised. Uh, I'm I'm excited to see what they're going to do in the playoffs, but I don't even know where they're going to be in the playoffs yet because there's still games that are going to kind of determine who's going to be where today. So that's what's making Week 18 interesting, right? Because Oh, sure. uh, the Bills, was it Bills, Dolphins? There's still something to play for there, especially playoff seating. I mean, Kansas City is still, you know, kind of on the bubble right now. They're not like a sure thing. Uh, Dallas has to play and win today. I mean, obviously, that's why I got my gear on. Uh, yes, they're playing the Commanders, but a win will clinch them a home playoff game. So I'm really hoping for that win today. Uh, you know, so much so that I have to see what the spread is right now as we're, what, an hour away from that noon kickoff. Yeah. So Almost kickoff uh, me... time. There's incentives out there, too, for people. I know Jadavian Clowney got seven or 750000 yesterday mm-hmm. uh, in terms of him playing the game. New Hopkins is another guy out here. Um, so expect a huge day for New Hopkins. Uh, I'm sure he's going to be one of your wide receivers that's targeted the most. Uh, his incentive today is, I think it's two touchdowns. It's like it's something ridiculous. It's like 12 touchdowns or excuse me, 12 receptions, two touchdowns and like over the century mark or over the hundred yard mark uh, for yardage as well. So I got to, I got to pull that up in, in just a little bit here to, to figure this out, this actual incentive. But uh, yeah, it's, it's one hell of a line that he's got to put up to actually get his money. And I think he's, I think he's owed one point, 1.2 million. Of course, I'm probably just making that number up, <laughs> but <laughs> I, mean, I know I saw, I know I saw a million on there, so we'll, it's, we'll see. It's, it's definitely enough to buy somebody a house. That's for yeah, sure. yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. Definitely <laughs> enough to make Texas sports unfiltered thrive for the next couple of years or whatever. Yeah, so it would be hopefully, nice. Nuke, we know Nuke's going to be sending that money this way. Yeah. That's for sure. Like um, you got Falcons versus Saints. There's playoff implications for both teams the saints are the team that really hold their destiny in their own hand right browns versus yeah, yeah atlanta needs atlanta needs help from the sisters of the week and unscrupulous to actually get in so that, well that okay so what it's saints at home minus three favorite they've been playing well as of late this is an atlanta falcons team for me that just doesn't show up at big times when i feel that they've had control of their own destiny 
they always flub it. And obviously the play calling has been less than stellar with this Atlanta head coaching staff. And the fact that Bijan and the rest of that running back crew isn't getting enough touches really irks me, man. It's like we got all season. So we speak of incentives, right? And remember how like week three, I I said something really stupid um, or maybe it could have been taken as stupid, but I I've, I've said, hey, man, I feel like Arthur Smith isn't giving B. John Robinson enough touches because of incentives or whatnot. Um, maybe that could be the case. I don't know what I don't know what he's got locked in or in a clause for his rookie contract or not. I haven't broken down his contract, so to speak. But dude, he's cl- you want to talk about incentives? He's close to a thousand yards. He's at nine forty eight right now. I don't know if there are awards that he gets for eclipsing a thousand yards or not. But I assume that there would be something. You no, know, you come in as a rookie and you get a thousand yards. You know, here's an extra couple thousand. You know, thank you for a great season and a great rookie performance, man. He, yeah, if that's the case, he's pretty damn close to it. So expect me, John Ross, especially these backs or wide receivers or quarterbacks, these skill position players that are on the cusp or like right at the, you know, almost the, what what do you want to call it, milestone, if you will, you know, mm-hmm. crossing over to 1,000 yards if you're a uh, running back or maybe 1,500 if you're a wide receiver. Hell, 2,000 if you're Tyree Kill. Is, is, is Tyree Kill going to go out and have the career game of his life to try and, you know, get 2,000 yards against the Bills? Or 2,000 yards in the entire season, but is he going to have, you know, the game of his life against the Bills to try and, you know, equate that or get that totality? Uh, anyways, man, it, it, there's a lot of a lot to play for here, not just for the teams, but yeah, a lot for the players too. So we'll be breaking down your fantasy, you know, predictions in just a couple of minutes. But yeah, we wanted to go down the rest of the slate and go down the rest of the NFL slate and, and get you some of the stuff that you need for this Sunday, man. So what are you? You're not taking the the Falcons at all. You don't think the Falcons have a chip a chair and a prayer here? It's all Saints. I mean, I just feel with the Saints at home, knowing that the playoffs is on the line. I just feel more confident because of the weapons that they do have. I mean, look, Carr may not be the best quarterback in the NFL, but he's definitely better than what Atlanta has <laughs> working with right now. Yeah, uh, Olave had another good season. If anything, he improved over last year. If you're talking about fantasy-wise as well, so while he had some underwhelming games because he did have problems at quarterback, Olave played well at, at times, really well this year. And then uh, Hill. Now that they finally have a, a spot for him, he actually. Hey, He's times. been driving too. He's been making some plays yeah. the past couple of weeks with Carr. It looks like he and Carr are starting to starting to find a pretty decent report. Was it a was it a, a disappointing or a lost season for Derek Carr and the Saints? What was what were your actual predictions or what were the Saints' realistic predict, um, predictions coming in with Derek Carr? Was it to get them to the playoffs and win the South, or was it for Derek Carr to throw for forty five hundred yards in a season and you know, have 30, you know, 35 touchdowns and, and 15 interceptions, I mean, so to speak. What, to what, was the realized, what was the realistic expectations for Derek Carr? Because I, if you want to argue that you just – because you just said Derek Carr is, you know, a, a decent quarterback. He's still got some of the, you know, some of the lip, some of the lime and some of the whip to, to carry out in this NFL. But, I, I mean, dude, you look at his – you look at his ratio here, he's got 21 touchdowns to uh, five interceptions. That's not that – Bad smash. It's pretty like, damn good. That's what you want, right? You want right. ball management. But I mean, excuse like, me, excuse me, eight interceptions. My eyes are betraying me here. Eight. That's still, still, still not awful though. Still not awful. I mean, it's still less than half, right? I'll take that. But the, and he's been hurt, and not all those interceptions are on him. You know, every quarterback can go back and say that there are a few plays that it gets bobbled in the air or it should have been caught. Those happen as well throughout the season. But it goes back to what you just said. 
those were perfect descriptions of what exactly people were expecting of his performance and the Saints as a whole, because it is a weak division. The NFC South is probably one of the weakest divisions. They should have ran away with it, right? Yeah, exactly. They were the team that was poised to make away uh, to make to break away with it. Why? Why is Baker Mayfield and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers even still, you know, possibly qualifying for the NFL playoffs here in the last week of the season? There should be no way a team like that should be, you know, possibly making the playoffs with the way that they have played this year. And the fact that Atlanta is still alive and it's just kind of like, guys, this is really bad. The only team that's been eliminated is what, Carolina? Yeah, Carolina. Rightfully so. Yeah, they've only got two wins all season long, Smash. So, yeah, rightfully so. Um, yeah, so my predictions today, I believe the Saints take care of business. Um, they will beat Atlanta. But do they take um, business, but, care of business by minus three? What's that? <laughs> but do they cover? Right now, they're a, oh, yeah. a minus yeah, three cover. favorite. They'll, okay. they'll cover. I think they I – th- for some – I don't know what it is about Atlanta. Atlanta looks like they have all the tools, and they looks like they have, like, the really young and, and fruitful talent, but they don't know how to play with their toys. They don't Bad know coach, how to man. use it. They don't know how to use Bijan Robinson, and it's exactly. really frustrating. And if if you have Algier, right? If you love Algier, use Algier and, and Bijan Robinson in a you know in a payload scheme, right? I, it doesn't have to be unpredictable. Arthur Smith allow us to kind of get a little bit of taste of what you want to do with, right? Uh, I mean, every time I turn on the TV, it feels like I'm seeing Algier run for a 60 yard touchdown run. Where the <laughs> hell is Bijan Robinson? That's the only time Algier gets the score if he runs for 60 yards. That's right. just the thing. <laughs> dude it's just bad coaching man we, we've gone over this it's just really bad coaching from the falcons but they have an owner who's kind of like jerry jones right where it's kind of like he just kind of sticks with the mediocrity as long as people continue to pay to go watch the team and and i, I feel that a lot of owners want to be the ones that get to take credit for like buying the groceries if you will say kind of bold bill parcellsism Right, you know, if you're going to be the, are you? Th- are we throwing that on Bill Parcells? Oh, that's what he, I remember him saying that as the Cowboys head coach. He was all like, you know, when he wanted to be the GM as well, because Jerry Jones didn't want to give that up, and he had to to get Parcells. He's like, you know, if you're going to be the the chef, you want to go out and buy some of the groceries. Get the too, groceries you know? and the ingredients. Yeah. All right. Yeah. We, I, I, I guess we can we can quote Parcells with that one. We can deem him the uh, the quoter for that. Well, um, we talked about Saints, uh, Buccaneers, and Panthers. I talked about that a little bit. I, you know, Panthers, Panthers don't have a, sh- a shot tonight. Even though it's a divisional conference this afternoon, um, it's not going to happen. How about the Bears and Packers here? The Packers still have a chance to make the playoffs. They need a win today. Uh, Minnesota can also make the playoffs still, but they need help, right? So the Packers hold their. They hold their own destiny within their hands. Again, a minus three favorite at home against Chicago. And I didn't think I'd be saying this with the way that his performances started earlier on this year, but it looks like Justin Fields might be the real deal because he's been impressive in the last couple of games. You know, he's been pulling the Houdini, making people miss, making throws. I mean, he did this last year too, Smash. Like the, the dude can make plays. He just needs to be able to be consistent and put it all together. Week in and week out, right? And well, he also you do needs that people around him. Yeah, but they didn't give him anybody to help him. You know, and it's been that way this season too. Because I really can't name another Chicago Bears player. And I'm sorry, Chicago Bear fans that are listening right now or watching, because that's just the truth. Because right now, it really has just been the Justin Fields show. 
Every time I see uh, highlights, well, I mean, it's just DJ, DJ Moore has been pretty decent. Hell, I thought Rashawn Johnson's been pretty good whenever he's gotten a chance to run the ball for for the Bears. Um, Her, I mean, you know, Herbert. When Herbert's healthy, Herbert looks good. That's the problem. They just can't keep players on the field. They can't put yeah. it all together week in and week out. They need an offensive line to help protect some of their studs a little bit more. That's what I think they need to address in the offseason. Not getting Caleb Williams and trying to trade. You know, Justin Fields for a return on investment of what a second round pick at the most. That's what you're probably going to get on the return for Justin Fields here. Nobody's going to give you a first for it. That's just the reality of the situation. And then you're going to be taking a step back. You're going to regress to try and get right exactly back to where you're at right now when you're not taking any type of the protection that you need for your quarterback. I think if you go out and get Alt, I think Alt is one of the best tackles, uh, you know, in, in college right now with the Notre Dame dude. Um, what's the other dude from Penn State? Uh, yeah, I can't take. I can't think of the tackle from from Penn State right now. I'll, I'll look. I'll uh, Fastenew or something like. I'll, I'll look him up in a second here. Um, but anyways, you know those guys would be available. I think around the Bears pick, which would be around nine or ten, depending on how this thing actually rolls out. But still, uh, maybe you know you try and take on some suitors to see if anybody wants to jump up and take that number one Carolina's you know number one overall pick that the Bears uh, actually have. If that, if that doesn't happen, then you go ahead and take Marvin Harrison at number one. Jeff Howe and I were talking a little bit about this this past week. If if you don't get any suitors to come up and take your one spot and maybe dropping in hell, what I think Harrison's projected to go uh, second overall, anyways, right? Yes, like maybe third, maybe maybe third overall. Um, so maybe you don't even flirt with that. Maybe you go out and you get Marvin Harrison Jr. and then you know in the, the nine spot or the ten spot you take Alt if Alt's still there or. Uh, or Fastenau, or whatever the, the guy's name is. I got to look this guy up. Are you talking about Drew Aller? Who? Drew Aller. That, that's no, um, pulled up when I saw. And so it's like, oh, or is was he the guy that just happened to play in the in the Peach Bowl and he's not the, the regular starter? No, I'm talking about it, it's Fastenau from, uh, from Penn State and then also Alt as well. Um, well, I mean, the, it's saying that Drew Aller is the quarterback for Penn State. That no, no, what? no. I'm talking about the tackle, Smash. Oh, the tackle. Offen okay. Yeah, the offensive tackle, my guy. Yeah. No, I know who Drew Alar is. So. Okay, I don't. Yeah. And I was like, good for him, though. I'm glad they had a a good game. Oh, my God. How how are you doing? You good? You you ready to talk a little bit about fantasy football? Get in, get uh, our last our, our last little licks in before we get into some playoff contests for, for fantasy playoffs? I mean, of course, we, we, I mean, you know, fantasy playoffs for you. you guys, you're, you're here in playoffs. You're here in playoffs. Fantasy playoffs. What are you guys talking about? The championship yeah. just, just happened. No, we're talking about daily fantasy sports, guys. We're talking about DraftKings, the way that you make your money for fantasy sports week in and week out. Not just, you know, waiting, you know, until week 16 or week 17 ends for your traditional fantasy football leagues. We got to do it your DFS style, your daily fantasy sports style. And that's what we do this for, man. So we'll continue to go on your slate. We'll bust out the rest of your picks, give your over and unders and your line scores right then and there. But then we're also going to talk about your fantasy relevancy as well. Right? So smash, let's continue down the slate just a little bit more bears and Packers. We talked about it. The line on this is three. Um, give me, give me the bears here, man. I think the bears are playing spoiler here. Wrong team favorite green Bay is um, fields and company goes in there and lights up the lights up Jordan Love and crew. Well, again, Packers though need the win to make the playoffs, and they're at home. Um, minus three. I mean, I can still see this baby being just like it comes down to a field goal at the end, but I feel that the Packers 
have more weapons, at least at wide receiver with Dobbs being one of the more key contributors this year. I, I, I'm sorry, man. I got to go the opposite direction if I'm putting money on this one. So I, I would take the pack at minus three at home. I, I don't see them losing this, even no matter how, how good Justin Fields has been playing as of late. I just don't see it. It's one of those things, though, where the Bears have <laughs> – they have just – F me over so many times this season, though, you know, because every time I take a roll on them, don't go with your gut, don't go with your gut, go with your head. No, I still, I would still take the Packers, though, regardless. I, that's how I was thinking about it this whole week, and I was just all like, that's what I like about the parlays on Sunday for NFL football. It's like, I really can think about it all week. How would I really take out all the emotion? Would I really see it go this way? I mean, I, I'm still just thinking that that's that's got to be the way it has to be. That somebody's got to make the playoffs <laughs> out of that division that isn't the Lions. So it, it seems to me it has to be the Packers. I'm going Bears here, man. Do you believe I, – I can't it's believe tough. Justin Fields – Justin Fields has 630, 630 rushing yards. I believe it. And he's taking the loss too because he's been sacked a lot this year. But, I mean, when he makes positive plays, he makes some really nice plays. Bears would be foolish. Again, my last, this is the last time. It won't be the last time. I'll probably be saying this up until the draft. Uh, the Bears would be very foolish to get rid of Justin Fields in place of Caleb Williams. I know I Caleb mean, Williams is one hell of a talent. He's going to ball out in the NFL, or that's what we think is going to happen. Go with what you know. You see what you can get with Justin Fields. You've seen the ceiling that he can give you if you can protect him and get him some toys. Go build that toy chest up. Go put a lock on that toy chest so nobody else can play with your toys when you're when you're you're not there. I'm telling you right now, the Bears have a stud. They they have a stud quarterback with Justin Fields. They got. Let me just bring up one point though, I, I would take Justin Fields on the Giants any damn. Give me Justin Fields on the Giants. I know you'll take him over Danny Dimes or DeVito any day of the week. But let me ask you this one question, though. If you are in the front office for the Chicago Bears, we all know, because Kansas City has been very successful with this, that if you have a really talented prospect and you can put the other weapons around them on a rookie contract and get what you need off the quarterback in a rookie contract, you do it. Right. I mean, that's what happened. No, I I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying there. Right. If you do that, though, you're still taking a step back. You're 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 auctioning off a draft pick, so to speak. And you're not getting your, you know, your your top end off of a quarterback that you have right now. You're going to get a second round pick off of Justin Fields, which I would argue gives you the same type of skill set. And doesn't if you take Caleb Williams, you'll probably be two games two games worse than what you were this year. You might have five wins this year. You might but have six you, wins. Or excuse me, you might have five wins next year, maybe six wins next year, right? But do they uh, save enough money by doing that to get another piece to the puzzle? Like you're, you're going to have you're going to have two you're going to have your offensive tackle, you're going to have an offensive tackle either alt or fastener or whoever whoever you take at offensive tackle. You'll have them on a rookie contract. You'll have uh Marvin Harrison Jr. on a rookie contract and you can probably leverage with fields to where hey um you played great but you could probably keep it on a i guess an organizational or a team friendly contract if you want to put yeah, that in the rotation or maybe even maybe even franchise tag i wouldn't franchise tag him if you're the bears i think you could probably get him for a cheaper deal than what you can get for an average quarterback these days man but th- like I mean, who do you but do you think like uh you know who you would figure that some team that has had Porous NFL quarterback play like the Commanders, 
would at least make a move. Commanders have Sam Howell. Commanders, Sam Howell, I mean, Sam Howell, lead, Sam Howell lead, led the league in passing yards for a damn good portion of this. Uh, the yeah, campaign. I just don't see like it, top five, But he's also one of the biggest, you know, he leads the league in interceptions, I think, too. So I know, I but know, that team needs a lot of help, man. They need a lot of help. Bears need oh, a lot I of help. I'm telling you, Smash, I don't think that they need to go out and take Caleb Williams. I, I just they're are, wrong. Are you, with that. If they are, take, you still, are you still thinking he's the number one pick, even though he wasn't the Heisman Trophy winner? No. Right. No. I'm like, I don't think he's the number one quarterback that's going off the draft board. So. No, I think my. I mean, given what we saw, and I'm not just saying it because it happened to the Longhorns. Given what we saw this past game uh, in the Sugar Bowl. I think Michael Penix Jr. is the best quarterback in college or coming out of college football right now. I don't think I don't think he's got the elite wheels and athleticism that Caleb Williams no. does, uh, but he looks the most NFL ready right now. Yeah, so definitely, he makes all the throws. And I mean, if he beats Michigan tomorrow, I think that just solidifies it for him. Hey, oh, Mr. Hinojosa, thank you so much for the donation. We appreciate you, sir, and also our guy Ike. Thank you so much. Make sure you guys are eating yourself a pizza today. From Ike, man. Ike, what you got going on? Any football specials today for week 18 from Domino's? Let us know, Ike, if you got any. Please let us know, and then we'll make sure we shout them out and get them to the fan base and community of Texas Sports Unfiltered. Make sure you guys get all that information because you got to be fed. You know, you can't be watching football and being cranky, man. You got to be hungry, man. So you got to do it with Ike. Nobody likes to be hungry. Go call up Ike. I'm getting yourself some Domino's pizza today, man. How about that? I was hankering for some Domino's today, so it was just very convenient that you showed up. So I, I appreciate it. Ike, I want to I want to make one request though, Ike. I would like a Wagner Wire style day to where we do the pasta bowls, the bread bowl pasta bowls, Wagner Wire, Wagner Wire style. We'll call it Wagner Wire style. D hop over five five. I don't know. I don't know. Five and a half. I don't know. Have you seen the incentive that he needs right now? He no. needs like one hell of a line to get him get his incentives. I got to pull this up. I, I've been flirting with. It. I told y'all I'd, I'd pull it up, but I've just been so lazy and having a conversation with Smash here, distracted that I haven't been able to do it. But yeah, um, his line is crazy. Does he have five and a five and a half in him? I think so. He usually gets targeted, especially w- when Levis is there. I feel like Levis targets. D hop way more than Tannehill does, right? I feel like that's kind of how like, I feel about it. What's that? That's how kind of that's kind of how I feel about it too. And they're going against the Jacksonville defense. That's very. He needs seven for two fifty. He I, doesn't he need like two touchdowns as well? Something like that. He, he needs like a big line, man. I don't I think, think he, he can get two it touchdowns today. as well for like an extra million for two. Wait, is it two hundred fifty thousand or two hundred fifty mil, Ike? It's just 250 grand, 250,000. 250 grand, 250, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. You need seven for 250 grand. Oh, he sent it on, sent it on Twitter. Sent it on Twitter. Yeah. We'll, we'll tweet it out. We'll tweet it out here. Um, What was I going to say? Yeah, so it's Jags at Titans. Jags are favored minus three on the road. They are a team that needs to win, though, today to just solidify playoffs for them. Obviously, I'm thinking they get it done. At minus three, especially because they should be able to beat the Titans by more than a field goal. But, you know, this is the last week of the season. Like you mentioned, other players have incentives that they're playing for as well. If you're the Titans, 
you're obviously, uh, if you're one of the quarterbacks, you're auditioning, you know, for playing time for next year and right. having a contract somewhere next year. And same thing with a lot of these guys that are going to be going out. A lot out of these twos that are getting some time today too, man. A lot of the twos mm-hmm. that are getting time today, getting garbage time, if you will, it's audition time. Yeah, they're trying to prove their worth here. And, I, you know, the big question for them is like, what do they do with Jarek Henry at the end of the season? You know, do you pay him the big money? I mean, he didn't really slow down, but, I mean, the wheels have to fall off at some point. I mean, I would love to see him with the Cowboys, but it doesn't make any it's, sense. Right, I'm, glad you, I'm glad you just mentioned that team. I wanted to ask you one question before we go continue to get on the rest of the slate. Are you surprised that Dallas did not make a move for Dalvin Cook? Yes. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, I think uh, even – uh, he just had a bad Cause, year. Cause no, I mean, no action. And maybe, maybe Dalvin cook has lost a step. Maybe there's a reason why Minnesota has gotten rid of Dalvin cook. Maybe there's a reason why Miami uh, McDaniel and company didn't go out and take, you know, uh, Dalvin. Well, hell, I'll tell you the reason the reasons cause of most certain in a chain, right? That's the reason why Dalvin mm-hmm. cook isn't in that backfield. There's a reason why uh, he, he didn't beat out Bryce Hall or Brees Hall. And, and yeah, um, in company there, Carter. Well, no, Carter's no longer on the Jets, but still, like Brees Hall, they brought in Dalvin Cook because they didn't think Brees Hall would have the season that he would have coming off of that injury, right? Coming off that ACL, exactly. And they were supposed um, to be the one-two punch, but then the rookie running back that they drafted came in and he just outperformed him. And then you know we're talking about money here a little while ago with Justin Fields, and this would this is what exactly what happened. It became a money situation. Where it's like, hey, we're playing the rookie a lot less. And we know with today's NFL, the running back is super expendable, especially a higher price running back. So they cut their losses right. and they're like, okay, you're disgruntled here. Obviously, we don't have a place for you. It's like WWE creative for the guy in the middle of the road. We don't have any ideas. Go, go, go try your hand somewhere else. Good luck to you. I mean, I think he's signed for the right team if he's going to make a Super Bowl, you know, with the Ravens. Right. But I would have loved to have seen Dallas at least take another running back somewhere, you know, somebody that hasn't been playing for a while, something just because I feel like that's one of the weakest. Because you figure you could have got, I don't know what Dalvin Cook signed for, but you figure you could have got him for the cheap on, on the cheap. Yeah, right? that's what I was assuming. I mean, we didn't make any plays for, uh, uh, you know, Leonard at linebacker either when the Cowboys could have used an extra linebacker. And I think so far that's paying off all right. So I'm like, okay, well, we didn't spend the money for an extra linebacker. We definitely can use another running back, especially for the playoffs, because it goes back to what you said. We know this team is going to be on the road. They're probably going to be ending up in San Francisco on a cold, windy, wet day over in Levi Stadium. And they're going to have to run the football, and that hasn't really been the strength for them this season. And and that's what I'm saying, Smash. So, like, having inaction on, on Dalvin Cook tells me that you feel like you're ground and pound attack is formidable and you think it's it's going to be able to take you into the postseason i have to wholeheartedly argue against that and say that mccarthy the mccarthy company does not know how to run the football like dallas you want to talk about identity right the past couple of years it feels like dallas has always had a one-two combination a one-two punch out of the backfield to be able to solidify and and keep their offense on the field to wear down the opposition right that's just not there anymore. It feels like the identity has changed. And hell, with a with a McCarthy offense, you feel like it's more predicated off of the damn run, right? But it feels yeah. like they're it's a it's a pass first offense now yeah, instead of a run first to. offense. And and credit to Dak, Dak's Dak's been fantastic this year. But where is the running game? You're going to need more of the running game in terms of playoff production and, and playoff performance, right? You got to break tendency. You got to zig when people are zagging, right? When it comes to playoffs, man, 
dude, you can't be sitting out there and just, you know, trying to have CD Lamb go for 150, you know, a, a clip or 150 yards, you know, per game when you got to wear out the opposition or wear out the, you know, the strength of some of the championship caliber teams, which is their defense. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm scared. I, I really want them to have a good playoff run. I think they have at least parts of a team that, you know, if they're playing at their peak, can give San Francisco a game the second time around if they can get to the NFC Championship game. But they have to get it done, right, with the help of the running game. And maybe, just maybe, Pollard steps it up. I mean, he's been hurt. You know, he's been playing through injury. Maybe – you know, they get through this. Maybe he can rest up a little bit. I don't know. But, but even with right Pollard, now, even with Pollard being hurt, wouldn't isn't that more of an indicator why you would uh, want to bring Dalvin Cook in? I, I know, man. And, and Double D makes a point here. He's like, maybe they possibly signed a running back this week. I don't recall that happening, but wondering if you know they were trying for Cook and somebody just paid more. And, and that's where I'm just like, but we could pay more. Jerry Jones could pay more, and he doesn't want to pay more. I don't understand yeah, why. You tell me, Jerry Jones don't have that oil money. Yeah, exactly. Like, there's a tax, you know. We talked about with Tom when he was on the show. There's a tax. You can just pay a tax, you know. If he really, really wants to have the success that I feel that would warrant. I mean, it's been 30-something years since the Cowboys even played for a Super Bowl. Last time I've seen it. It's been like 30 years since the last time they've been in an NFC Championship game. I'm just like, come on. Yeah, man. It's It's been a while. <laughs> it's It's been a long time a since, since you've seen the, seen the team with the star on their helmet, you know, playing uh, – in any type of end season relevant football, that's for sure. Like, I don't know how long I can keep on doing this, man. It's like the first year I actually bought Cowboys gear in a while because I'm like, oh, I just never spent money on that team because they always break my heart. But this year I had false hope. I guess that happens in middle age. No, I still think it could happen, man. I, I still think the Dallas Cowboys, I mean, of course, you know, the 49ers got to slip up and, and take a, a step back tremendously, but, uh, but the Cowboys but can do it. Possible. They just, the way that the Cowboys do it is they got to figure out their running game. That's I'll, I will die on that hill, man. If the Cowboys can't run the ball, they're not going to win. They're not going to win. I think I think San Francisco can be beaten if McCaffrey's hurt. Uh, I don't. I know think they have other weapons. Entirely, I, that, that's decent logic, but I don't think that's solid logic. Um, that will help out the the 49ers losing, but I think you can insert any type of running back in that scheme of Shanahan. And he will be able to uh, be able to find a way to have success. I mean, hell, look at the same thing that McDaniel's doing over them in Miami, right? And he's a disciple of Shanahan. He's doing exactly the same thing that that San Francisco implemented, right? He's just doing it in Miami, dude. They got speed, they got tremendous running game, and they have weapons all around, uh, all, all around that offense. It is exactly a carbon copy, or it feels almost like a carbon copy offense from when he's taking out of San Francisco and putting into Miami. They feel very, very, very identical. Never heard of him, but he – what is this? Oh, Sir Roderick Thomas. Oh, uh, Sir Roderick. Guy, got the guy that they picked up, the Cowboys, uh, the running back that signed on the practice squad. So, again – All right, let's know, continue to go down this list. Uh, we've been, you know, I guess beating beating around yeah. it and whatnot, you know, trying to get everything out. But we've had some decent side conversations when we've been going down the list, so we haven't been able to get all the, all the fantasy relevancy out for you today but we'll continue to go down and get the lines for you giants and eagles anything on this smash you should stay away i'm going to tell you right now you should stay away yeah man i was going to say i kind of would just not touch that one i mean it's the giants Giants played the eagles pretty tough a couple of weeks ago but but at the same time though the eagles are a team that's kind of like in turmoil right now it's like aj brown is just like 
causing chaos in that locker room because he's unhappy. He was talking about being a Dallas Cowboy, you know, this past week. So on Instagram. So I'm just kind of like, I don't know what's going on between the coaching staff and the Philadelphia Eagles, but they're like imploding at the wrong time. So if I was betting this game, I might take a flyer on the Giants, but they've been really bad this year. It's tough. Billy's to only it. favored by five. I know. I see that. And I'm just like, I, I'm just not going to play it. But the Eagles have nothing life. to play for. The Eagles still need a win, though, today, because if the Cowboys lose, that would ensure that they get the second seed because the Cowboys would hold the tiebreaker. Yes, yeah, Smash. Don't take a flyer on the Giants. I, I don't. I don't see this happening. That man. scares I, me, man. Yeah, I was like, I'm dude. trying to make money um, here. I, I thought it, I, I did entertain the notion for maybe like 30 seconds, and then uh, just reality hit me. Do not, do not bet on this game. But, but if let you, me, if let you me. do bet on, if you do bet on Fly Eagles Fly, um, they're gonna roll today. Maybe by 10. Uh, it's not. To. It's not by five. Maybe by 10. They're. I mean, they got to. They only lost by five, or they only won by five last contest. So I, I don't know if that's why the boys in the in the desert are only putting a five line on this. I got them better than that, man. I got them at least by ten on the road. They're pissed off. They got to play for something, like you said. They got to right the ship and galvanize that locker room. Week eighteen's the 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 week to do it, and the, the Giants are the team to do it against. So, but, but how do you feel about this Cowboys Washington game? Because the Cowboys do have to travel to Washington. And there are 13 and a half. I, that's game. a lot of, that's a lot of points. That's a lot, that's a lot of, that's, that's too much. Man. If you can shave it down, if you can tease it to 10, maybe. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, damn, that's I a mean, lot of points smash. I mean, I mean uh, been, you're talking about two touchdowns, man. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm hey, look, I mean, hey, look the commanders have been struggling. Either. Like the commanders have been throwing it away. Essentially. They've been saying, Hey, we don't, you know, we don't want our defensive line. We don't want our linebacker. We don't want our secondary. Just, Get rid of everybody. Get rid of our defense coordinator. Get rid of him. Um, so the commanders have kind of just been trying to give this to the opposition. Uh, yeah. Still, that being said, it's a division game, it's a rivalry game, and it is Dallas versus Washington. So weather's nice out there, though. Forty-four degrees, clear skies, seventy-four percent humidity. That's, Sounds like a Texas winter. Thirteen, thirteen points is a, that's a lot of that's a lot of points to cover, man. I, I kind of want to. I kind of want to take the commanders here. The commanders oh. with the points. I mean, the commanders ain't going to beat the Cowboys, but I think the commanders cover here. Yeah, if I if I could just play, you know, straight up, who would win, who would lose, I would just take the Cowboys straight up, but I can't. So I'm just like, that's tough, man, because I really want to go with my heart on that one. But you're right. I mean, it's just like it's an NFL game, 13 and a half points. It's a lot. We saw that happen with Arizona and Philadelphia last week where Philly was a double-digit favorite, and then they got blasted from behind by Arizona and drop that game. Hook them and go Cowboys. We're, well, I'm, I'm Randy, I'll give you the hook them, but I can't. I'm going to give you the go Cowboys, Randy, so we're good. See, two Smash can help you out with that one. Smash can help you out there. I can not. I'm hoping for it. I'm hoping for that win today. They need it. I want to see them host a playoff game. If they do, I might actually go to that. Broncos and Raiders here, another divisional game. Matter of fact, they're all divisional games in Week 18. We all know that. Uh, but Broncos and Raiders here, Vegas favored by three. Over and under on this is really sexy. Smash 36 and a half. We're, I guess, we're gonna get blown out of the water here, man. Lots of fireworks, lots of firepower in this afternoon delight. Um, what do you like in here, Broncos and Raiders? O'Connell and company, they get it done. I'm, I'm really not liking this game at all, man. Just because of the whole <laughs> situation. I mean, I don't know how the Broncos are going to perform without, what's his name? You know, Without, without Wilson? Wilson? 
Yeah, you know, is it, is it uh, neither team has, well, I guess the Broncos have something to play for, kind of, sort of. Do Are they eliminated yet? Yeah. I forget. I'm assuming yeah. that they have to be eliminated, right? Because they're in the yeah. AFC West. They are eliminated. Yeah, so neither team has anything to play for in this case. Except Incentive for smash. Incentive. I know, and I'm, I'm thinking, like, Pierce, Pierce is going to coach his ass off, obviously, because he's looking for a job. And his players have responded well. Yeah, it's seven really seven game win streak over the Broncos right now for the Raiders. That's what that's one tail of the tape going into this. So I mean, they're at home as well. I mean, if I was gonna place anything on this game, I would just, you know, with all that in concern, what's been going on with Denver coming into this game, I, I would just pick Las Vegas just because it seems mentally they're in a better headspace than Denver is right now even though they almost righted the ship this year. I mean, if they were in the playoffs, I don't think we would be having this conversation. But since they underperformed early on. So that's that's the thing with me. It's the fact that they had to take a real change in pace of direction, right, or change of direction here. The Broncos did. Um, You know, it looked like they were starting to figure things out, and then all of a sudden – you know, news from that front office says we can't pay Russell Wilson. You got to, you actually got to go uh, with St- Stidham. I think it's Stidham. Jared Stidham. Yeah. yeah. The guy who used Stidham to play at Bay. You got to go with Stidham instead of uh, Russell Wilson. So, what looked to be the happy marriage and, you know, Russell Wilson when he first got there saying in the honeymoon era, like, oh, you know, we're going to win multiple, you know, Super Bowls here. Uh, I mean, not even going to get one. Are and you, it looked like are Russell you one Wilson of those guys? That huh? was, I mean, because I said it too, where I was like, "Oh, perfect combination. This this should work no, out Russell, really like well." Like Russell Wilson actually said it in his presser. He's just I like, know, yeah, but right. I, but I, I kind of backed him up on that. I was kind of like, "Yeah, I mean, you know, this is the perfect place for him to end his career. They're putting the trust in him. They're going to give him weapons. He has decent weapons, and the coaching staff and him just never really clicked." I thought the contract was outrageous when it happened when it all went down i was just like there's no way in hell that this actually goes into fruition and carries out so um i didn't think i didn't think the fallout would happen this soon and it would be this ugly uh but i mean damn it was it was a knee-jerk decision like oh no by the way you're not our guy anymore you've been it looked like you've been figuring it out um but we're not gonna pay you we're actually gonna go a different route yeah, that was pretty hard to see because, I mean, I think we've all been there in some case or not where you tried really hard and you know things were starting to write and then they're just like, nah, man, we're done with you. Sorry. That's just... Which makes but is me he done? Let's get another chance somewhere else. In between Peyton and Wilson, honestly. Yeah, like yeah maybe, but I mean, is Wilson done? He's a quarterback in the, in the league. That's what I'm asking. Like, well, he, I, I feel like he can still go get another job somewhere else. And still be effective for just like another season or two, uh, but I don't think anybody's going to want to pay him. Obviously, what they're paying him, uh, what like could, I feel, could Russell Wilson could Russell Wilson win in Cleveland? That's what I was just about to say. I feel if you stuck him in the same situation where Joe Flacco is right now with all those weapons, he has no issues. Yeah. Well, I don't really, I don't think Cleveland's got that many weapons. Like they got Coop, right? They got Coop, they got Njoku, but I mean if. Jones. Like when I think of when I think of offensive firepower, I don't think of the Browns. You know what I mean? Especially without Nick Chubb. You know, the yeah, Browns ain't I lighting mean, it up for me. No, I mean if Chubb wasn't hurt, I mean that obviously changes things. But they do have some weapons, and I mean if obviously Joe Flacco, who was sitting on his couch for most of the season, can make something out of that. I figured that Russell Wilson <laughs> would too. But it's the defense, man. You got Miles Garrett on the other side. That defense has always been good while he's been there, no matter how bad the offense has been. And now that they have a competent offense, you know. I would be excited for a Browns fan. They're probably going to have the heartbreak of the 80s in the AFC Championship game if they can get that far. It doesn't look like they're a Super Bowl team, but the defense definitely is one of the top units in the league, if not one of the best ones. 
Oh, I agree with that. I would say that they're number two, two? behind. The, I would say they're number two behind the Ravens. Yeah, um, which, like that. they're which brings me to the next point. I th- I think the Browns can actually make a legitimate chance, and of course we'll get into this conversation when we you know continue with our our playoff talk or whatnot. But I think the Browns have the chance to make a, a run at this thing, man. Even with even with I'm going to take a nap on the sideline, Joe Flacco. Uh, they yeah, have a chance for it, so. Dude, they have a defense that can get them in. I mean, the the Giants didn't have the best offense back in the day, right? They they were known for having their defense, right? Of course, Plexico Burris, you know, could put up some numbers. Tiki Barber could run the ball between the tackles, decent, right? You know, Eli could spin it, but they didn't have that pro prolific offense. They had a championship caliber defense. That's the type of stuff that you're seeing with Cleveland right now. Um, that's the kind of identity that I have, or the comp that I'm giving them this team. Uh, the team that you're seeing in 2023, 2024 for Cleveland. I'm, of, of course, you know, uh, they don't have the quarterback that's that's been there and in a tenured position for you know almost a decade now. They've I think Flacco's their fourth starting quarterback this season, as a matter of fact. Yeah. So uh, it's one hell of a story to tell, that's for sure. But if they can fit it all together, if if they can piece this thing all together. I really believe that they have a legitimate chance at going there, man. I mean, and, and they can run into the postseason and beating the. They're probably going to be have. They're going to have to take down the Ravens at Baltimore to do so. And man, one hell of a story, man. One hell of a damn story for the AFC North. Could, uh, Browns. could you imagine what would happen in Cleveland if they were to take the carcass of the Cleveland Browns that are the Baltimore Ravens and actually beat them at Baltimore for like the Super Bowl ride? That would be crazy. That's like some. Cleveland Brown fan fit right there, yeah, man. dude. It one hundred. You can't write a story any better than that. Wow. I am. I'm from Baltimore, and I have friends. I have a one of my the Godfathers of of my son is from Cleveland. Um, met him in the Marine Corps. Great dude. Mm-hmm. Die for the dude. Uh, he is the most diehard Cleveland football fan I've ever met in my life. To the point where if you're, you know taking a piss next to him at a urinal and he's you're wearing a Steeler jersey, he's probably going to, you know, turn over, have a conversation <laughs> just so he can piss on you. I'm serious. Yeah, just, uh, I, know, I, know, then, I know you are. And then, you know, he'll look at you and he goes, you know what, buddy? It was almost you tonight, pal. It was almost you tonight. And he's talking about knocking you out. That's what he, just for just for wearing a Steelers jersey. I'm serious, man. He, he hates the Steelers that bad. He just loves Browns football, man. When you love Browns football, you hate everything else because misery loves company. And that's how it's been <laughs> for the Browns over the past couple of seasons or the past, you know, what, couple Lifetime. of decades, a couple of decades, so to speak. Um, but the Browns can put it together. I think the Browns actually have a chance to make a ride at this thing, man, and it's because of their defense, dude. Now they got to beat one hell of a defense on the other side of this, and that's the Ravens. Uh, and we're, we're probably getting, you know, the cart ahead of the horse, so to speak. Definitely. But when you're talking about playoff football in terms of the AFC, the best two teams right now, I can't believe we're dismissing the Chiefs. It's it for me. It's the Ravens and the Browns because the Chiefs don't seem like they can make the big play when it matters this season. And it's not on Patrick Mahomes, but it is on the receiving core that they do have. They have not showed up when they could have made plays. A lot of the games that they have won that have been tight, they should have been blowouts. It's just because they've been dropping footballs with consistency. That's the one thing that the receivers have been consistent enough is been dropping the football. The one thing that you don't want to be consistent enough when you're a wide receiver in the NFL or any wide receiver, right? No CJ Stroud when the Texans played the Browns. Uh, no, I'm, I'm with you there. Hey, Ike, man, I'm a, I'm a CJ Stroud believer. Smash said this too, man. We Texans got a quarterback. 
Oh, yeah, easily. The Texans have a damn quarterback. Would And you, you can sit here and say that you're playing with house money getting into the playoffs here, sure. But, I mean, you're not just playing with house money. You're playing with dynasty money, my guy. You did not – I I did not think that C.J. Stroud would be this good or from what – especially in his first year, in his rookie season. And from what I saw at Ohio State, him playing against Georgia, I knew that he would be ready to take a step into the NFL, into that NFL platform. I just didn't know that he'd have this much success, you know, this soon, man. He looks he looks tremendous. Without his number one weapons out there, without Tank Dell, he was able to make something happen. He has a great complementary backfield, you know, with with uh, Singletary, Devin Singletary there. And then when Pierce is healthy, that's a good one-two combination as well. I think it's a, a – a pretty damn good defense on the other end. D'Amico Ryan's got the got the boys playing pretty damn solid. I don't know how far they're going to go in the in the playoffs, like, but the future is bright for your Houston Texans, man. I don't the know who runs the. I have, would you would you have them winning this year? Smash maybe four games, maybe five games. Oh, easily. And I was going to say I don't know who you have running the Texas Sports Unfiltered X or Twitter, whatever you want to call it, but they made a good point last night that D'Amico Ryan's probably should be coach of the year with what he was able to do with this team because, yeah, nobody had him going this far. I'm on board. Two, two arms, two arms raised for D'Amico Ryan's right here. I'm on board, teams. As somebody had mentioned it in the comments section, you know, they both overachieved this year, but the Texans got to the playoffs. I think that, that shows that D'Amico Ryan's is the real deal. DJ makes a, 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 something that he makes a great point. Uh, of what I wanted to bring up to you when he talked about the towel Watson. Love that, by the way. I haven't heard that one yet. So, yeah, what do you do with Sean Watson if you're a Cleveland Browns fan? Because you're paying him all this money. You're going to owe him money if you cut him. And it's kind of like that situation in the replacements where the high-priced quarterback comes back. You're paying him all the money. you got to play him, right? You can't just sit there. Scabs. You scabs. Yeah, and who's going to trade for him and all the baggage that he has? Like, you're gonna if you're the Browns, you probably got to eat that, right? Um, and we're we were talking about so we were talking about coach of the year. I like D'Amico Ryan's. I definitely think D'Amico Ryan's is my number one. But if I had to throw like another flyer out there, it'd probably be it'd probably be uh, Stefanski for the Browns. Yeah, um, or just yeah. just going through the adversity that all they went through too, right? Nick yeah, Chubb perfect. going down. You know, I mean, uh, that's I mean, hell, you know, you gone you went through three quarter, but you had to call Joe Flacco. To continue yeah, to, to make a ride at this thing, you know what I mean, and I don't know. I just think what I just think what the Browns have been able to do with less has been fantastic. Oh, I mean, not to story. mention that Njoku lit himself up this year, like literally lit himself on fire. Fire, and yeah. As a warrior, dude, he was playing through those facial burns and stuff. I was like, that had to hurt. I don't know what they put into his system to numb the pain, but that had to hurt. Give him credit, but man, one hundred percent. Um, see how well, we got to continue the slate. We've been, you know, having such good conversations. We forget we've been, you know, sidestepping the slate here, man, not getting all the games out. Chiefs, Chargers, Chargers are favored by three here over the Chiefs. Chiefs won't be playing anybody. Uh, do you still think the Chargers have a chance at, at winning this thing, or will they just be able to charge it up and get in their way and find a way to lose? I mean, hell, Smash, I, I think you know, the number is, is kind of telling here 35 and a half is the totality yeah. in points here. So the, the boys in the desert aren't expecting that much of a, a, a blowout or, you know, offensive performance here from either squad. What do you like here? Oh, man, that's a tough one. i probably stick away, stay away from this one too. But if the way the Chargers play this year, even with the census on the line, I just don't see it. I was like, the Chiefs are probably trying to set the toe 
get ready for the playoffs, you know, and they want to go in. Uh, yeah, you got to think that they get over 35 and a half, though, right? Yeah, man. I want to say they do. I want to say it happens because Maybe, you know, I mean, the Chargers play Probably hard. stay away from the line on this, guys, and take the over-under on this if you want to Thank you, because I was like, man, don't make me pick an over-under on this. This is awful to pick an over-under, but but over. I mean, uh, at, well, not uh, over-under, no, I mean, I know line, but over-under-wise, yeah. I, I, think, I think they score over 35 points combined. That's not too bad. Rams 49ers here. 49ers basically resting everybody. They don't need to be playing anything. Um, San Francisco is still favored by four. They, um, I don't know. No, they have to. They're still playing for home. They're still playing for home field. Um, uh, yeah. I believe they clinched. I thought they were the number one seed. No, they one still, seed no you're right. You're right. They did. Yeah, clinch. because even if they lose, the Cowboys because Dallas, has a, Dallas has a head-to-head. Or yeah. excuse me, um, San Francisco has a head head over Dallas. So they really don't have anything to play for. And I know McCaffrey is scheduled to be out for this game. Like he's McCaffrey's gonna not going to play. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, the Rams, they are going to make the playoffs. I'm not sure if winning today would change anything in the seeding. I mean, I read all this yesterday, but there, it was so convoluted, man, because there was like, oh, you know, a team can control their own destiny, but they can also win and get in if they lose. And this other team loses and the other team ties. And I'm just like, yeah, it's a real no, convoluted. No, no. The, Rams, the Rams can't. Can't can't better they can't better their positions. They're they're locked in. The NFC is basically locked up, okay. um, except for the NFC South. Like we're just waiting to see who is victorious and crowned the champions of the South. That's that's basically oh, the only change that can happen. Well, that in the two seed to see if the Cowboys keep oh, the two seed or not. Because the Cowboys, gonna, the you, Eagles, you think that's going to change? At the, Dallas is not losing a Washington smash. I hope not. But I've seen this series over the years, man. And it's just like any any other NFC rivalry game. In the east, theoretically, yes, that. that can happen. That, that we're talking that about Sam Howell earlier, and now I got scared because I was like, before I was like, oh, 13 and a half, they cover, but then do Sam Howell, do you want to talk about you want to talk about um prop bets, right? Yeah, this okay. channel, Texas Sports Unfiltered, made me a nice purse one week in taking a prop bet on brand or uh, excuse me, bland. Um, oh, Jerome Bland, yeah, I took a pick six. From Bland on how for the game, and it fucking came to fruition, man. It hit. It hit. Dang. It you hit. got it right in the middle of the streak. Boom, one hundred percent, man. So, and that take, I, I don't know. Was it Jake? I want to say it was Jake that gave me that nugget that told me to take take the flyer on that that it would happen. But ever since then, man, I've been big on the Dallas Cowboy defense scoring on uh, defensive proposition bets. Um, I'm looking at that today too. Uh, look for Sam Howell to be picked off. I really feel like Sam Howell's going to throw one to the Dallas Cowboys here, man. You want to talk about better? You, you want to talk about you know staying ahead of that uh, of the Detroit Lions and staying in the number two hole? That defense can actually do it for you. And you want to make a little bit of money on the side with that? Put a prop bet on that, baby. Put a prop bet on that defense pick six. I don't know who's going to get it, but I can tell yeah. you that there's going to be a pick six for the Dallas Cowboys. Today. I'm hoping, man. I'm hoping. I really need them to win today, just just for my own fandom's sake, you know. Because I don't see a Super Bowl in the future, but if we get into the playoffs and we have a home playoff game and win that, then anything can happen. One more game before we get into a little bit of fantasy relevancy, and then we will get out of here for your uh, your Sunday and get you kicked off for your Week 18. Bills and Dolphins. Big game, huge game. I don't playoff even know. If I, want to, I don't even know. I don't even know if I want to bet on this one. That's how I kind of feel about it too. I mean, Dolphins at home, they don't really have much to play for, but the Bills do. The Bills know they have to win. 
Miami, it would help their case in the playoffs, but I feel like, you know, we already know how good they're going to be. I don't think they lose anything, but they're at home, you know. Okay. Time, um, Mostert's not playing. No uh, okay. Waddle as well, so. I take, I would go. And, and the Bills are favorite on the road. Yeah, I'm going Bills. I'm going Bills here. Like yeah, that. I mean, I think they've been playing really well as of late. I feel that this is just one of those things where they kind of test themselves. They know they have to win to get in. All right, so the done. four that I'm playing today, I'm playing Bills, playing Commanders, going to take the Eagles over the Giants, and I'm also taking the Bears on a wrong team favored here. That's going to be my four that I'm taking. You're ballsy, man. You're ballsy. Feeling it. Feeling the Bears, baby. I'm riding and dying with the Bears. The Bears. Uh, I'm probably going to eat. Watch me eat shit on this. Man, it happens. I, I think I think the easy plays today are Saints minus three, Jaguars on the road minus three. I would also really consider taking the Buccaneers on the road at minus four and a half against five, the Panthers. Five, I mean, that's that's a touchdown. I, that, I might add that on. I might I add mean, that. They, they, they got to win by more than a field goal. I don't care how bad they are. They it, It's a win and get in situation for the Buccaneers. If they're not going to convert here, then I'll never bet on them again next year. But they need to do it this I time. Stay away from, I want to stay away from from Saints-Falcons just because, I, like, or Falcons, no, you know what? I'm going to I'm, – I'm taking this one, man. Saints are – or uh, Falcons are two and six on the road. Saints can lock this up. Saint Falcons can't even home. figure out their own offense, man. Yeah, we're gonna. You know what? I'm gonna. That's the reason I'm faking it because I'm like Saints at home, you know, and, and I know they're both dome teams, but with the playoffs on the line, they need a win. They get in. Car get that done. They got a lot of. They got weapons. They should be able to do it by more than three points. Honestly, they should win by a touchdown. All right, I'm moving uh, the Commanders. I'm moving the Commanders out the cover, and I'm gonna move this one in because I was taking the Commanders over. Not not the hey, beat Dallas, but I was taking the the commanders. The over under the over under in the commanders and cowboys game is forty seven. Yeah, forty six and a half. That's what I'm seeing. Yeah, well, how do you feel about that? Too much? Too little? I think it's a I think it's a themes right. It sounds I'd probably have it around forty three. Um, yeah, that's fact, what I'm probably, probably take the probably take the under in this right. If it's around forty seven, I think it's going to come in around forty three or so. So probably take the under. If, I'm, yeah. I'm not taking. I'm not touching over under on this. I was. I'm actually the only thing. The only exposure I was going to have in this was taking the commanders with the points. Uh, yeah, that's what I was thinking too. But I just wanted to double check. It's hard for me to pick the commanders. You know, even with it's no, I'm, I'm taking. Part, I'm yeah. taking Saints. I'm taking Saints over. <laughs> I'm going to take the Saints Falcons game over this Commanders Dallas game. That's just. I was getting better return. With the the commanders here on just on a, a regular straight up or just a, not a parlay, just a regular straight up bet. Um, mm-hmm. But now, if if I'm just going to do the parlay, I'll just throw it. I'll just go ahead and throw the Falcons into this, and then it, it's not even worth the risk. It's it's not worth taking the risk on the commanders trying to get within 13 points here. Because who knows? Watch that turn into a 21 game blowout. Because the that's what I'm afraid out. of too, man. Because it's like the Cowboys really do need a win in order to get the tops, the, the second seed, you know, to help the host. And it's like, oh, if the number one seed somehow gets upset. That's that's whole field throughout the playoffs. What? That's huge because Cowboys are good at home. What's this coming in from Michael? I saw the Cowboys lose to Washington after being up 13 <laughs> with two minutes left in a game. It was a Monday night football game in the late 90s. No, you're, this is what I'm talking about. So, yeah, I, 
all these memories are still in the back of my mind too. So like the backdoor cover and stuff like that, that's all relevant and that can all really happen. So when I go in, I, I try to bet with my head and not my gut, right? But sometimes my gut tells me, hey, remember this? Remember yeah. when this happened? You thought you had all the stars aligned with all your stats and shit. Remember when this happened? So I also know that, you know, the uh, officiating crew or whatever likes to bet too. So we got to. Oh, yeah. They, they play a big factor in these games also. We I always keep- think that now. You, you and Ty ruined me because every time I see a game and I'm like, oh, that was a missed field goal We're at the very end. We're not smash. You don't, think, you don't think the guys that are making the things happen that are influencing the game, you don't think that they got people actually chiming into them and saying, hey, man, you know, we could use this right here. You know, oh, Buffalo sure Wild Wings, we haven't finished our wings here yet. We still oh, need to button. happen. Hit the button. Oh, dude, I'm sure, man. You know, that, that's everything. That's what always goes through my mind. Anytime I see somebody miss a field goal or a last second shot, it's like, oh, half the people just lost the cover and half the people just made money. You know, now it just means nope. more. Now I get it on a different level. So it's been fun. Nope. Especially All right. Finish real quick before we get out of here. I do have new Copkins in a lot of my lineups. I got some exposure here. Uh, he will be targeted at least 10 times. Uh, Ike even threw that line out there five and a half. For what? Two, excuse me. What do we? What does he need? Five seven. and a half. Um, or excuse me. Needs seven. Needs seven for two fifty. The proposition is five and a half. Uh, go with that. Go with that, Ike. That's a really good one to take for a good prop bet. I'll shit. I'll take it. I'm you. You locked me onto it. Um, I actually like New Copkins to get over his incentive today. So. Um, keep that in mind. Also, we talked a little bit about it as well. Um, uh, Tyreek Hill. I don't think Tyreek Hill is going to get 2,000 yards, but I think he is going to have one hell of a game going up against the Bills. Um, why? Because they got to score points here. That's the thing. Um, we talked about the over-under in this game. It could that's here's the thing, it could turn into a shootout with the the Bills and the Dolphins, right? Because they do they do have two prolific offenses. I just think more of the firepower is on the fish side of the ball. But Josh, you know, Josh Allen and company, they actually need to win like Smash was talking about. Miami, not so much, right? They still need to, you know, their their future's in place here. Their their future's yeah. already written it's on just the stone. Buffalo has no idea yet. So Buffalo's still playing, you know, to get in. So uh, what's the over under? 65.5 65 and a half on yards. Yeah, I, yeah, I'll take that. Mark that one down too. I'll pencil that in. I'll pencil that in. D hop on yardage for 65 and a half. I probably got him around. Probably got him around 110. This, you know, this contest. If if, if all goes well, if if he gets his seven receptions, you know damn well he's going to be over 100 yards. All right, just oh, well, easily if he gets all easily. seven. Hopefully yeah, our, dude, now. that's a good parlay. Dude, take it, Ike. That's gonna have Ike. If the, if all that goes down, it's either gonna hit one way, or you're not gonna get one and not the other. Like if they yeah, all hit, true. it's gonna go down as a domino effect. Ike, it's going down. Um, I, I totally yeah, agree. And it, dude, it's a good matchup, man. It's against the Jags. I, I like it, dude. I like it. Ike. Yeah. Take it, baby. It take it. Effects. Take it. All right. What else we got to get out of here? If, if, <laughs> if he does it, I'm building another dominoes. Nice. If he does, then I'm coming to get a, a pie in your place. Personally, we'll eat, we'll we'll eat a damn pie together. How about that? Sounds and good. You know damn well he's going to do it. So sign me up. Get, you know, reserve a spot for me, Ike. It's coming. All right. By the way, another shout out reminder: Ike and Domino's Pizza. If you were hungry today, make sure you guys are going out there and filling yourself up with a pie. All right. Oh, Ike. Okay. Here's the deal: if he does it, 
we make a Wagner Wire menu for the pasta bread bowl. I thought that the pasta bread I think bowl that's a pretty damn good. Olympics. I think that's a pretty damn good deal, Ike. If it if it goes down, if everything that we talk about today goes into fruition, we talk about a pasta bowl. Huh? How about it? Thank you. That's what I'm talking about. That's, that's awesome. what I'm talking about. That's Alfredo awesome. style, baby. Chicken Alfredo style. That's what it is. It's all about it, baby. I'm all about it. The bread bowl, baby. It's the bread bowl. All right. Uh, more fantasy relevancy. Um, you got anything? How about Addison for the Minnesota Vikings? Minnesota. Oh, I didn't get it off. I didn't get it off. How about your? Uh, how about Addison for your Minnesota Vikings? You like any uh, anything from him? Man, it's tough to say because I mean I've been looking throughout this whole slate for like some gems in the rough or something, but it, it doesn't seem like that's going to be the case today. It seems like you really have to put your money on some big players and hope for some really big returns. Like today, like honestly, I was thinking like, well, maybe CD Lamb really is worth the money because I just he was unstoppable last week, paid off last week, but it's it's a it's a high price tag at ninety three thousand. That's where dude, it's a terrible defense he's absolutely worth the money he's the highest on the slate 100 smash but you know what yeah. you're going to get for the return that's can you get a baller on a budget and i would ar- argue and say so right mccaffrey's out so i think mason's in and has said mason's probably what 43 i got to look at this uh on dk but mason's probably around 4500 or or 53 in that price range and that can get you somewhat of a tier one type of projection of course he's not cmc nobody's christian mccaffrey but still you can get those totes and you can get that offensive production and opportunity that mccaffrey would get yeah it's understandable too like you know that you're gonna have to have a little luck in order to get the to hit the big numbers with some of these guys that you're going to be taking a flyer on if you're going to be spending the big money on big name players that you expect to produce and uh, i mean you're the pro at this, man. Like I, I come to you for my questions. So yeah, I mean that the way you broke it down, the way you explained it, I was like, yeah, that seems to be the right play because you know it's going to be like number one touches today for them, regardless if they win or lose, because that ultimately doesn't matter. And you would expect them not to take too many chances or try to lose the football too often. So I would assume running the ball would be a point of emphasis today for the 49ers. They got they have Mitchell, Eli Mitchell in here is the second backup at 5,800. I'm trying to look to see where this, where Mason's at. I believe Mason should be cheaper than, um, I believe Mason should be. Yeah, so Mason is actually 4,600. And Mason is on the depth charts higher than Eli Mitchell. So if I'm you guys, man, take a, take a flyer on Mason for 4,600. See if, see if, now look, now they have, now they, they just had an updated um, note here on DraftKings. So Eli Mitchell is slated to be the number two back, but I still take the flyer on Jordan Mason. I think Jordan Mason in the three spot with 40, you know, 4,600 on that, take a flyer. And then also you're putting in a CD lamb as your number one wide receiver, maybe sprinkle a little bit of um, Dak Prescott with that. If you can fit it into your lineup, what's not the like baby. I like the way you explained it right there. Cause it's like, yeah, if you can you're get about, of speed. course, if it look, it might not hit, but for a GPP play smash, yeah, you gotta, you're going to have to zig when other people are zagging to break tendency anyways, right? To kind of exactly. differentiate yourself to get the points. It's the only way. It's the only way that you're going to get the money off of this is because you're going to take that risk because nobody else is taking it. 4,600 smash. That's 
that's a hell of a draw. I'm going to put that in there right now, man. 4,600. Of course, we we know that McCaffrey's not playing there, so you're going to get decent exposure there for Mason. Hey, look, I'm telling you, I, we've done this before. We've hit big before. We've hit for 10 grand before. It can happen again. All you got to do is just listen to me. Play what, play what I'm playing, all right? But don't take away from my, my profit. Yeah, don't take away the money from you, though. You know? Don't take away the money. Uh, who's your quarterback that you're rolling out today? Uh, I want. I want. Well, Prescott's so expensive, though. Eight grand. I know. I know. But I'm just like, I'll just fill up the rest of the roster with people that may or may not play, and just hope for the best. Because it's like, ah, the matchup. They gotta win. They gotta win. They gotta win on the road. They can't run the football. They've been throwing in a whole lot. You know. Command, the Commanders yield two sixty through the air. Dude, I'm just like the matchup doesn't get much sexier. That's thirty. It's not that's, like, 30 wor- that's thirty worst in the league. Smash. I know like, that's why. Like that's why I'm, that's why I'm sta- I'm I'm taking the stack of Dak and Ceedee Lamb and I'm flexing Mason in there. Well, hopefully you locked you in everything because it. because it is now noon, and uh, and I wasn't able to lock in everything either because my internet for some reason like is being all messy. Well, we want to not Leo messy. We want to thank everybody for watching the Wagner Wire on Texas Sports Unfiltered. Hopefully, you guys got all your fantasy. Uh, content in and make sure you guys got your lineups locked in for DraftKings and whatnot and make sure you guys played all your uh on your uh your, your cousin finders or your you know your your green in your pocket and your I guess your um what your side your side benefits if you want to call it that your yeah, your little side benefits little that you would get and hopefully we get a bread a pasta bread bowl uh Hell from, yeah. Mike, from Mike today. Hopefully we can hit our hit our numbers hit our parlay on D Hopkins on New Hopkins being able to get his um his prop bets here and we get that Alfredo pasta bowl dish. Anyways, big shout out and thank you to everybody for watching the show, man. And we'll talk to you guys next week. You guys know the drill. And make sure you guys are checking out all this uh all the shows on Texas Sports Unfiltered all throughout the week, Monday through Friday, eight to five. Man, you guys know the slate. Texas Sports Unfiltered, the best in the business in covering Texas sports, not just Texas sports, but all sports, man. Hey, for Justin the Smash Simmons, I am Adam Wagner, and uh, we want to thank you guys so much for watching the Wagner Wire. Until next week, you guys take care and enjoy the ride. You guys know the deal. Be good. <laughs>